Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bards Logic, Political Talk, the grassroots conservative conversation. And uh, sorry I've been away for a while, but uh, I'm back. Hopefully I'll be able to do more normally, but we'll have to just see what life brings, right? Uh, but thank you very much for coming to the show, whether you are coming from the, to the show live or if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, I welcome you and uh, definitely would uh, ask you to – oh, I better be careful with asking people to do stuff or, or maybe do me a favor. Perhaps I will get investigated or, or maybe they'll think I need to be impeached or, or investigated or something of that nature. But anyway, even though there's maybe a treaty out there that I could refer to uh, that allows me to say whatever I want to say on the show, even because it's not uh, monitored or regulated by the SEC. But anyway – uh, tonight we are going to have, uh, to my understanding, the full transcript, uh, where I will do, and of course uh, the folks in the line will also do uh, commentary and analysis of it. Some of the things uh, that uh, I'll and perhaps we will say tonight uh, will not be something you've heard uh, yet on the mainstream media, but you know, or even the conservative media. But I think it eventually will, uh, because of those who are long listeners. And participants of the show do see and recognize that sometimes we bring up things that later on we, we see get out there in the more national uh, news. So I think part of our uh, analysis uh, comes there. I mean, I've been saying for a long time, as you know, that the only reason why the Democrats are doing these things uh, is because, of course, they have no candidate, no agenda, and no uh, plans that benefit the citizens of these United States. And so, of course, they have to be able to get uh, rid of Trump uh, in order to even possibly have a chance of winning in 2020. And so they just don't have, they don't, they don't have any policies. They don't have any agenda uh, that could possibly uh, defeat uh, Donald Trump. And so I'm going to go ahead and get right to it. I um, already see some folks in the line. Thank you very much. Ch- uh, chime uh, one on your number dial, and I will certainly get you into the show. So I'm going to take a real quick sip of coffee and then get to it. Uh, good stuff. But anyway, so here is the transcripts of the uh, documents. It says, Memorandum of Telephone Conversation Subject, Telephone Conversation with President Slavensky of Ukraine Participants. President Spensky of Ukraine, note-takers, the White House Situation Room, date. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but this is a conversation that took place on July 25th, two months to the day that we're talking about this, 22 months from the day. You'll be wonder if 
if there was such a concern and if this was so urgent, why are we now just talking about this just about two months prior? I don't know if anyone's who's brought that up yet. Maybe that should be uh, discussed. But anyway, uh, July 25th, 2019, uh, at 9.03 to 9.33 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time. And, and place residence, so I guess we're staying in the White House. So here we go. The president, of course, we are talking about President Trump. Congratulations on a great victory. All watch from the United States, and you did a terrific job. The way you came from behind, somebody who wasn't given much of a chance, and you end up winning easily. It's a fantastic achievement. Congratulations. Okay, no, nothing there. Just congratulations. Uh, it has – uh, President Zelensky, you are absolutely right, Mr. President. We did win big, and we worked hard for this. We worked a lot, but I would like to confess that you and I had an opportunity to learn from you. Uh, we used quite a few of your skills and knowledge and were able to use it as an example for our election. And yes, it's true that these were unique elections. We were in a unique situation uh, that we're able to – I'm scrolling down. That's why there's a pause. Achieve a unique success. I am able to tell you the following. The first time you called me to congratulate me when I won my presidential election. The second time you are now calling me when my party won the parliamentary election. I think I can uh, – I should run more often so you could call me more often and we can talk over the phone more often. The <laughs> president laughs, which you know, that's a very good idea. I think your country is very happy about that, and this is President Davinsky. Well, yes, to tell you the truth, we are trying to work hard because we wanted to drain the swamp in our country. This is where I'll pause and do some of my analysis. So we are in the very beginning of this transcript, the very beginning of this – not the very, but you know, the beginning – of this conversation, and who is the person who brings up draining a swamp? Who is the first person who talks about stopping and addressing or addressing and stopping corruption? That's what draining the swamp is. That is a part of draining the swamp. It was President Zavensky who you started talking about draining a swamp, and he said, "In our country." That's the one point that I don't I don't hear I ever heard about these transcripts. I haven't been watching the news all day. Someone may have brought that up. It's all it's here at ten oh six Eastern time, PM or twenty two oh six if you want to use military time. Maybe someone else brought that up, but I haven't heard it. And if and if someone has, please let me know. But he's the one who brought up draining a swamp, addressing corruption. Addressing corruption, that's going to be important later in our conversation. And then back to the transcript. We brought in many, many new people, much like what Trump should have done. Not the old politicians, not the typical politicians, because we want to have a new format and a new type of government. Uh, you are a great teacher for us and in that. I wish Trump was as you know as successful as that in that as you know the president Zelensky is stating that he is, and then there's the president's response. 
Well, it's very nice of you to say that. I will say that we do a lot for Ukraine. We spend a lot of effort and a lot of time, much more than the Europe seat. Here we go. Beginning of the conversation. And before anything about Biden, before anything about, you know, and I'm talking not Joe Biden, I'm talking about his son. Much more than the European countries are doing, and they should be helping you more than they are. He brought that up. See how things are starting to work, work, work here, how they're starting to take place. Germany does almost nothing for you. All they do is talk, talk, and I think it's something that you should really ask them about. Well, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All they do is talk, and I think it's something that you should really ask them about. He's making a suggestion. Is that illegal? No. But he's suggesting something. He's saying you should do something. You should really ask them about that, and that's going to be important later about should because they're making a big deal about uh, what Trump saying should after one of the sentences. So he said should asking about you know about their contribution to Ukraine. Okay, I continue. When I was speaking to Angela Merkel, she talks Ukraine, but she doesn't do anything. A lot of the European countries are the same. So I think it's something you want to look at. It's something I think it's something you want to look at. He's making suggestions. But the United States has been very good to Ukraine, reminding them, hey, we've done a lot for you. What's wrong with that? We have. I wouldn't say that it's reciprocal necessarily because things aren't happening that are not good. I'm sorry. There, yeah, because there are things happening that are not good, but the United States has been very good to Ukraine. Okay. Now, this is President Savensky. Yes, you are absolutely right. Not only 100%, but actually 1,000%. And I can tell you the following. I did talk to Angela Merkel, and I did meet with her. I also met and talked with Macron. And I told them that they are not doing quite as much as they need to be doing on the issue with the sanctions. They are not enforcing the sanctions. They are not working as much as they should work for Ukraine. It turns out that even though logically the European Union should be our biggest partner, but technically the United States is much bigger partner. See, they're talking about the partnerships. Okay. They're, they're talking about what the United States have done, even though it should have been the Europeans doing it. Now, people have talked to them about that, so this, this isn't something a new point here, okay? And so, it, it, you know, um, I'm, okay, it's a much bigger part than the European, and I'm very grateful for you for that because the United States is doing quite a lot for Ukraine, much more than the European Union, especially when we are talking about sanctions against the Russian Federation. Okay. I would also like to thank you for your great support in the area of defense. We are ready to continue to cooperate for the next steps. Specifically, we are almost ready to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. Okay, someone responded to my thing on Facebook. I'll get it later. Now, this is the president. This is the part that 
is causing all this controversy and all this, oh, my God, we need to impeach him by the, the, the liberals and the uh, you know, Dem- Dem- Democrats and liberals, and, and some would say even some Republicans if they can have a private vote. Here's the president. I would like you to do us a favor, though, because our country has been through a lot, and U- Ukraine knows a lot about it. So this is something you know they, they they're already in it. They're, Trump's not asking about doing anything new. They already know a lot about what's going on, and what we mean by going on about the corruption. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine, and and there's actually a treaty out there that was signed by by uh, uh, former President Clinton. About cooperation between the Ukraine and the United States when it comes to crimes and corruption. I didn't have a chance to read through the whole thing. I literally just got that uh, the treaty tonight. It's a 31 page treaty, so I haven't had a chance to read through it yet. Okay, but you know that's out there and it, it bears reading. Uh, they, okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I would like you to find out what happened with this whole situation with Ukraine. They say a crowd strike. I guess you have one of your wealthy people, the server, they say. Ukraine has it. There are a lot of things that went on with the whole situation. I think you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people. So basically he's warning him, I think, hey, don't – basically don't make the same thing Trump did. I don't think he's saying that, and I don't think that would be something he admit. But really maybe that is what he's kind of hinting. hey – you know, hey, be careful. You know, you're surrounding yourself with some of the same people who who are corrupt. You know, you maybe shouldn't do that. You know, like let, let's be honest. We, I think that Trump's done that because you know, yeah, he just didn't know as as dirty as Washington really is. And it says, I think you're surrounding yourself. Okay, I would like you to have the Attorney General call you or your people, and they would like you to get to the bottom of it. Okay. Remember that treaty. We it's about get the bottom, investigate this corruption, these crimes. If this treaty is true, and I'm at this point, you know, we'll 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 say that perhaps that it is, and a lot of things are saying you didn't do anything legal. Maybe that's the treaty that they should be referring to if they haven't already. As you saw yesterday, the whole nonsense ended with a very poor performance by a man named Robert Mueller. Remember this conversation was July 25th. Remember all the other things that was going back in July. An an incompetent performance, but they say a lot of it started with Ukraine. Whatever you can do, it is very important that you do it if that's possible. Okay, whatever you can do, it's very important that you do it if that's possible. And this is President Zelensky, his response to that. Yes, it is very important for me, and everything that you mentioned earlier, for me as a president, it is very important, and we are open for any future cooperation. We are ready to open a new page of cooper- on cooperation in relation between the United States and Ukraine. For that purpose, I just recalled our ambassador from the United States, and he will be replaced by a very competent and very experienced ambassador who will work hard on making sure that our two nations are getting closer. I would also like and hope to see him having your trust and your confidence and have personal relations with you so we can cooperate even more so. 
I will personally tell you that one of my assistants spoke with Mr. Giuliani just recently, and we're hoping very much that Mr. Giuliani will be able to travel to Ukraine. There's a big hubbub about, oh, uh, uh, you know, Giuliani, Giuliani. I will personally tell you my assistant spoke with Mr. Giuliani just recently, and we are hoping very much he's initiating this. We are hoping very much that Mr. Julian will be able to travel to Korea, and we will meet once he comes to Ukraine. They're inviting him. They want him to go. I just wanted to assure you once again that you have nobody but friends around us. I will make sure that I surround myself with the best and most experienced people. I also wanted to tell you that we are friends. We are great friends, and you, Mr. President, have friends in our country so we can continue our strategic partnerships. I also plan to surround myself with great people, and in addition to that investigation, so he's the first one. He, he brings up the investigation. I guarantee – I believe if we go back, that may be the very first time the word investigation is used. I, that, again, I, I think that may be the very time that the word investigation is even used, and that was used – that word investigation, yeah, was first used by President Davinsky, not Trump. He's the one who started talking about investigation. I guarantee he's – and he guaranteed before anything else, I guarantee as a president of Ukraine that all investigations will be done openly and candidly. That I can assure you. He's the one who brings up an investigation first. So how are you doing a quid pro quo for something he brought up? He brought it up. Anyway, good. This is Trump's response. Good, because I heard you had a prosecutor. See, this is after he brought up the investigation. Zavinsky brought up the investigation. Good, because I heard you had a prosecutor who was very good and was shut down, and that's really unfair. A lot of people are talking about that, the way they shut your very good prosecutor down, and you had some very bad people involved. Mr. Giuliani is a highly respected man. He was the mayor of New York City, a great mayor, and I would like him to call you. I will ask him to call you along with the attorney general. Rudy, is ver uh, Rudy very much knows what's happening, and he's a very capable guy. If you could speak to him, that would be great. The former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in Ukraine were bad news. So I just want to let you, let you know that. The other thing, there's a lot of talk about Biden's son. Biden's son. Is he running for president? No. Is there should be an investigated on Biden's son? He's not running for president. He brings up Biden's, Biden's son first, and then he brings up his father. That Biden – so he didn't say look into Biden. He was talking about Biden's son. That Biden stopped the prosecution, and a lot of people want to find out. A lot of people want to find out about that. So whatever you can do about the attorney general, you could do with the attorney general would be great. Biden went around bragging that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me.
looking to something that he didn't start. Remember, this prosecutor was the one starting the investigation. So Trump's not saying, hey, start an investigation. The prosecutor that that, that uh, Biden got fired was already investigating it. This isn't anything starting. Hey, look into what happened with them stopping that investigation. And then you had three – and what hypocrisy. You had – well, that's something that, that, that's already mentioned. You probably heard about those three senators, so I will bring that up. So here's President Zelensky's response. I wanted to tell you about the prosecutor. First of all, I understand and I'm knowledgeable of the situation. Since we have won the absolute majority in our parliament, the next prosecutor general will be 100 percent my person, my candidate, who will be approved by the parliament and will start as a new prosecutor in September. Hmm. Maybe that's why they're bringing everything up now. Maybe the whistleblower… Who maybe might be trying to protect Biden as he was already going down in the polls before this came out. Maybe someone's trying to make Biden look like a victim. Remember, this conversation was done in July. In July. And he's mentioning the new we'll start as prosecutor in September. In September. So they're getting ready to restart the investigation. And now this comes up, I think the timing might be a little peculiar, that when he says the new prosecutor will start in September, it's September, and now we're getting this, this leak. Now we're getting this, this big hoopla about it. Hmm. So, you know, sounds kind of, you know, the, the timing, what do you think? We'll ask the people on, on, on the, when, they, when, you know, when, when we come into the show. He or she will look to the situation specifically to the company, specifically to the company, and to individual, to the company that you mentioned in this issue. The issue of the investigation of the case is actually the issue of making sure to restore the honesty, so we will take care of that and we'll work on the investigation of the case. On top of that, I would kindly ask you. I would kindly ask you. This is not Trump asking. This is President Levinsky saying. I would kindly ask you. So he's asking for something from us. If you have any additional information, you can provide to us. It would be very helpful for the investigation to make sure that we administer justice in our country with regard to the ambassador to the United States from Ukraine. As far as I recall, her name. With Ivanovich. They're offering. They're asking and asking us for information or asking Trump. It was great that you were the first one who told me that she was a bad ambassador because I agree with you 100%. Her attitude towards me was far from the best, and she admired the previous president. Hmm. She admired the previous president, and she was on his side. She would not accept me as the new president well enough. And this is the president's response. Well, she's going to go through some things. I will ha- well, she's going to go through some things. I will have Mr. Giuliani give you a call, and I'm also going to have Attorney General Barr call, and we'll get into the bo- and we'll get to the bottom of it. Remember, this investigation has been going on during the Obama administration. That's why tr- that's why Biden put a stop to it. This isn't a new investigation. 
Trump talking about an investigation that was ongoing before they even had the presidential election. This was so, remember Biden was vice president when he stopped the when he you know talked to the prosecutor to stop these investigations. So anyway, I'm sure you'll figure this is Trump again. I'm sure you'll figure it out. I heard the prosecutor was treated very badly, and he was a very fair prosecutor. So good luck with everything. Your economy is going to get better and better. I predict. Uh, you have a lot of assets. It's a great country. I have many Ukrainian friends. They're incredible people. And this is uh, President Savinsky. Uh, I would like to tell you that I also have quite a few Ukrainian friends that live in the United States. Actually, the last time I traveled to the United States, I stayed in New York near Central Park, and I stayed at the Trump Tower. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He stayed at the Trump Tower. That's so horrible. He, he's, he's, he's given the Trump money anyway. I'm just being facetious. You know that. Says I will talk to them, and I hope to see them again in the future. I also want to thank you for your invitation to visit the United States, specifically Washington, D.C. On the other hand, I also want to ensure you that we'll be very serious about the case, and I will work on the investigation. Remember, folks, this is something about – this is about Biden getting rid of a prosecutor because the prosecutor was investigating his son. So this isn't a new investigation that I think the Democrats are going to try to want people to believe. We want you to dig up dirt on this guy. This is something that's been already happening. He's just saying, hey, continue with it. Get a new prosecutor and get back on it. And so far, has anyone heard anything about aid, military or otherwise? About I'm not going to give you any if you don't do this. Has, has, has anyone heard anything yet? We're close to the end, and let's see if you hear it. I also want to – okay, as to the economy, there is much potential for our two countries. And one of the issues that is very important to Ukraine is energy independence. I believe that we can be very successful in cooperating on energy independence with the United States. We are already working on cooperation. We're buying American oil, but I am very helpful for a future meeting. We will have more time and more opportunities to discuss these opportunities and get to know each other better. I would like to thank you very much for your support. And this is uh, President uh, Trump. Good. Well, thank you very much, and I appreciate that. I will tell Rudy and Attorney General Barr to call. Thank you. Whenever you would like to come to your White House, feel free to call. Give us a date, and we'll work that out. I look forward to seeing you, President Zavinsky. Thank you very much. I would be very happy to come and would be very happy to meet with you personally and get to know you better. I'm looking forward to our meeting, and I will also like to invite you to visit Ukraine and come to the city of Kiev, uh, which is a beautiful city. We have a beautiful country uh, which would welcome you. On the other hand, I believe that on September 1st, uh, we will be in Poland, and we can meet in Poland hopefully. After that, I might be, it, might be a, it might be a very good idea for you to travel to U Ukraine. We can either take my plane and go to Ukraine, or we could take your plane, which is probably much better than mine. <laughs> and Trump uh, said, okay, we can work that out. I look forward to seeing you in Washington and maybe in Poland because I think we're going to be there at that – we are going to be there at the time, President Levinsky. Thank you very much, Mr. President. The President, congratulations on a fantastic job you've done. The whole world is watching. I'm not sure it was so much of an upset, but congratulations. Thank you, Mr. President. Bye-bye. Did someone tell me where the pressure was? I don't see it. Not once 
Was there even the word aid? Was aid what the word aid? Was the word military mentioned in here? The only thing, and, and who and who's the person who mentioned it? it? Something military was mentioned in this conversation, and it was President Levinsky. He's the one who talks about, oh yeah, we're going to buy your stuff. We're going to buy your stuff. Uh, let, let me backtrack. I want to make sure that that was uh, done to buy it because I don't know if they're going to said buy it or where we're going to give it to them. Let me um, let me backtrack a little bit. Okay, now I gotta screw up because that's towards kind of towards the beginning of the conversation. Uh, let's see. Apologize for that. I'm scrolling. Yeah, boom. Here it goes. It goes. And we are almost ready to buy to buy more javelins from the United States for defense purposes. To buy. Who's going to buy them from our country? They're going to give us money. Do we say, hey, buddy, if you don't do this investigation, you know, we're not going to give you aid for these? Is there any way in here to say, no, we're not going to let you buy these weapons from us? Was that anywhere in the conversation? No. Zip, zilch, nada. And I'm just supposed to be getting my blood pressure checked tomorrow, so this is probably not a good night. But I really haven't wanted to do this. But anyway… There it is. That's a transcript. Let's go ahead and open up the lines, and uh, let me get a, a moment, and I'm going to get a sip of coffee, and I'm going to get uh, get the lines open. So push the one on your number dial if you'd like to get in. I should play music during that, but uh Got to get that coffee. Anyway, so let's get Suzette in the line. Thank you very much, Suzette, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you, Robert, for taking my call. It sounds like you Oh, thank you very much for uh, for coming. Sorry I've been away for a while, but anyway, uh, there it is. That's the transcript. I read through all of, as far as I know, I read through all of it. Yep, I read it too. And the only thing that uh, they keep harping on is the whole pro. What is it? Um, the um, quick pro quo, pro quo, and yeah, the quick is, pro quo. Where was it? Yeah, it's not because it's not even in the same sentence um, as far as the whole purchase of um, you know weapons or planes or whatever. So you made a very good yeah, point missile, there. Yeah, they're missiles. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, the javelin missiles. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. So you you made a very good purchase. I mean, a good point there that it's a purchase and not a giveaway. So uh, <laughs> that pretty much kills it right there. <laughs> yeah, it's like read the. I mean, people are like oh, is it like Judge Napolitano? I might tell you what. I, I wrote an email. I emailed a couple times back and forth with a, a talk show host here in, in, in my city, and. Uh, because he has Judge Napolitano on his show every Wednesday morning. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're giving this guy a platform. He's an obvious Trump hater. You know, anyway, but I think the host did good at kind of, you know, setting him up and, you know, kind of, you know. And, and, and he was saying that he thinks Trump committed a crime even before seeing the, uh, 
the transcripts themselves because this was like at 8.30 this morning, and I don't think that the uh-huh. transcripts were even out by that time. And I'm like – and doing the same thing to Democrats. He, 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 he tells himself as a libertarian and only caring about the Constitution and the rule of law. B.S. He's a Trump hater, and he'd rather see Elizabeth Warren warm in, in, the, in the White House. But anyway, yeah, so we're yeah. on the line to switched over, but yes, you're right. He was on an, uh, on Shepard Smith's with an interview, and he just irritated the crap out of me. He's like, well, I know this is going to be unpopular amongst the many uh, lawyers, he says, but uh, quite honestly, you know, with the circumstances the way they are, I believe that, you know, the president could have possibly, uh, you know, endangered national security or something like that to that effect. I'm like, wait. It's not going to be a popular opinion, basically, you're saying, because you're going against the grain. I mean, by this time, they did have the transcript. And so, <laughs> he's still stuck. Well, yeah, that, and that was early. Yeah, that was, I don't think they had him at 8.30 in the morning, I don't, I don't think. Um, uh, no, unless he had um, an advanced copy or something on it. Oh, uh, Chef Smith's at, at noon, uh, 12 noon. So, by then, they had it. I think, yeah, I think it's around uh, 10 or so. Yeah, yeah. So he he had it by then, um, but yeah. And this this whole timeline and the person that's being investigated, the, the conversation is clear. First, the Democrats were clamoring for the transcript, and then they got it, and they're saying, "Well, there are a lot of the, it's not the original." And it's like, okay, and they were believing that things were left out. Well, the process of the transcript was described. As far as there were four people in the room besides Trump, intelligence people, and they were typing as as the president was speaking to the uh, president from Ukraine. And afterwards, they cross-referenced each other to make sure that they didn't, you know, this person didn't miss something and that person didn't miss something and everything is kosher and everybody has the same thing. And then that's it. Then they memorialize it and, you know, put it away, <laughs> archive it, I guess. And so that's pretty much as accurate as you're going to get as far as the transcript goes. So there wasn't anything that was left out. But now it's not about the transcript. It's just about investigating um, the missing parts of the transcript that they believe <laughs> exist and, uh, and also what they have as far as the conversation goes, that they need to know more. And it's like there isn't any more. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's that's why I want to read through the whole thing, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Where are they getting this? I mean, seriously, where are they getting? Where the? I mean, I I don't see anything. I mean, and I know, and I don't think it's just because you know, I, be honest, I support Trump, but I I don't see. It. I mean, I read. I mean, th- that's the transcript. I read the whole thing. I don't, you know. And here's the thing: is I got it. Uh, I got that transcript uh, from an article from Fox News. Trump's Ukraine call transcript. Read the document. So mm-hmm. I don't. I doubt they're not going to put the whole thing on there because then people, you know, people will be railing them. Oh, what do you right, mean? Right. You need to do put it. So they're not going to put. It. So that's it. That and then that's someone sent me out on Twitter. There was. I wish I had ch- a chance to read it, but I was. Uh, I mean, I literally got this maybe an hour before the show, and I, I'm, I'm a fast reader, but I'm not going to be mm-hmm. reading. Uh, thirty pages, thirty-one pages of legalese in in, in forty-five minutes. I'm just, I'm not going. Mm, right. But there is now out there. There is a treaty. Um, and I'll I'll read the pre- the preface of the treaty. Okay. And the the preface is this: It says the letter of transmittal. 
the White House, November 10, 1999, to the Senate of the United States, with a with a view of to receiving the advice and consent of the Senate to ratification. I transmit uh, herewith. See what I mean about legally. I, I, tra- I transmit herewith, uh, herewith the treaty between the United States of America and Ukraine on mutual legal assistance in criminal manner, ma- matters was annexed, signed at Kiev on July 22, 1998. I transmit also for the information of the Senate an exchange of notes which was signed on September 30, 1999, which provides for the provisional application as well as the report of the Department of State with respect to the treaty. The treaty is one of a series of modern mutual legal assistance treaties being negotiated by the United States in order to counter criminal activities more effectively. The treaty should be an effective tool to assist in the prosecution of a wide variety of crimes, including drug trafficking offenses. The treaty is self-executing. It provides for a broad range of cooperation in criminal matters. Mutual assistance available under the treaty includes uh, taking of testimony or statements of persons, providing documents, records, and articles of evidence, serving documents, locating or identifying persons, transferring persons in custody for testimony or other purposes, um, executing requests for searches and seizures, assisting in proceedings related to restraint, confiscation, forfeiture of assets, restitution, collection of fines, and any other form of assistance not prohibited by law of the state requested. I recommend that the state, the Senate, give early and favorable consideration to the treaty and give advice and consent to ratification. William J. Clinton. Oh. <laughs> that, that's the preface. That's, wow. the, that's the preface. It, it's a treaty for cooperation. Mm-hmm. No, again, I wish I had time to read the, the whole, you know, all the pages of it, but, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, 32 pages, like you said, in the amount of time that you had. But just that alone says a lot. I mean, that <laughs> and pretty much just kills everything that the Democrats think that they have uh, to bring Trump up on impeachment charges. Yeah, and they got yeah because they got the different articles here. I'm gonna I'm scrolling through it real quick and see if um let's see. Well, let's just say um, hypothetically. That um, that treaty didn't exist. Pretty much everything your analysis was spot on, which would kill everything that Democrats are saying and doing as far as towards impeachment. The fact alone that Biden admitted interfering in another country's investigations, which he has no business <laughs> yeah. doing. Uh, yeah, you know, and all Trump was asking was basically, you know, let me know what you guys have. We were investigating. We know you're investigating. Maybe we can help each other out with our investigations being there on the same issue or subject. That's it. He's not asking to fire another country's prosecutor. <laughs> Hello? But nobody's looking at that. Well, not just asking. He demanded it. Here's the demanded, video. And I've yeah. done a uh, and I was bringing it up to a liberal friend at work. I mean, he, he he's like, he, I mean, he, he tells him, he bragged about it. I, I mean, I got the video, you know, like, burned in my head. Biden's look, you know, is, is sitting down at something. I don't remember exactly what it was because, you know what? Because I was there, and I told him, he's looking at his watch, and he was looking at his watch. I'm going to be here for six more hours. And if he ain't gone in six hours, you're not, basically, you're not getting that aid. And you know what? Within six hours, he was fired, you know, or something like that. Yeah, like, 
That was at the Council on Foreign Relations conference that he was at when he said that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So he's bragging about it. That that's real. You know. That's. I mean. And that's the and that's the liberals. They're always pointing the finger at you know as the at conservatives and Republicans for stuff that they're actually guilty of. That's their modus operandi, and it's been like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Projecting. Right, exactly. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there it is. I mean, again, if, if, unless I'm going to read to, I'm going to read to that treaty and see if there's anything on there that may. Um, I'm not going to read through. I'm just kind of scanning through it. But that, um, I think, we'll see if there's anything there that something. you know. What about this whistleblower person, the third third person that didn't hear anything directly? So that means right. that one of the four intelligence agents that was doing the typing must have leaked it to a staff member that leaked it to somebody else. I mean, I don't know, or maybe just to the staff member because that conversation should have never been publicized. It should have just been the four people, Trump and the president of Ukraine. That's it. But that didn't happen. So something you know, people aren't talking about that. I mean, they're talking about the whistleblower as though this person is somebody, but he's a third person or her, whatever. Um, so they didn't hear the conversation directly, but they want to question a whistleblower, Nadler does, in, uh, mm-hmm. in a hearing in Congress, and that so that doesn't make any sense. If they didn't hear directly, so whatever they have to say is is hearsay. It's no good. And you know, I mean, they're really relying on that. I mean, the, I guess the recession thing didn't work, so they had to do, no. bring up something when they were saying, passing the rumors around, oh, Trump's going to take us into a recession. Well, that didn't seem to really, you know, stick to the wall. So um, so now this came, this is coming out, and they're really pushing hard. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> you just get so tired of just, like, hearing this crap. You know, the Democrats ringing, ringing the five-alarm bell when they've got nothing. And you hear Nancy Pelosi talking about, I didn't have to read the transcript. I don't need to see it. I know the president did this and whatever, <laughs> and the integrity. And it's like, you don't have to read it? You don't want to read it? Really? Well, you, yeah. I, you know, like, here's the thing about Nancy. Nancy Pelosi over the years has proved one thing to me at least. She doesn't like to read. She doesn't like to read. I mean, look, remember Obamacare? Obamacare you got to yeah. ha- pass the law to see what's in it? Because she didn't read that. She didn't read that either. I'm just, Nancy Pelosi doesn't like to read. <laughs> I bet my life on that that she didn't read it. Yep. And, and so here, I mean, here's another thing. Now, this article I've got here um, is now this is from the Washington Examiner. Okay, WashingtonExaminer.com, and, and this is an article I got from the the Bard's Logic website on the newsroom. And you can uh, see more articles, pictures, uh, videos, things of that nature uh, on the Bard's Logic Newsroom. Uh, go on the www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and uh, you can see more articles in there, uh, you know, on the Bard's Logic Newsroom. So definitely, folks, check that out uh, and do that while you're sharing tonight the link to tonight's show. But anyway, this is uh, an article dated uh, August 27th. So we're talking about a month ago. A month ago, before this hubbub, right? John Kerry's son cut business ties with Hunter Biden over Ukrainian oil oil deal. John, now we're not a fan of John Kerry's, right? We all know that. At least I'm, I'm not. So, yeah, right. 
But anyway, yeah, right, so I mean, this is I mean, <laughs> if John Kerry's people are running to the hill, there's got to be something. <laughs> Well, the guy, Hunter Biden, supposedly has, he's like a bad boy as far as getting in trouble for drunk driving and drugs, and, you know, he's the, the vice president's son's playboy dude, and and then they give him a position, like CEO of this company or companies, I mean. Oh, yeah, he's on the board. And he does nothing. I mean, he's not intelligent. He's not, he didn't do anything as far as in his life achievements to say this guy uh, is credible or, you know, can do the job. Um, yeah, so it's like, well, how else did he get the job? Gee. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, and, and uh, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and John Kerry's son, you know, drop it out here. So here we go. So John Kerry's stepson um, rushed to play control at the State Department after his business partner, Hunter Biden, cut a deal with an oligarch-owned Ukrainian gas company Hmm. In 2014. Hmm. Well, well, who was who president in 2014? Uh, who was vice president in 2000? Oh, that's right. That was Obama Biden. According to an internal State Department correspondence attained by the Washington Examiner. The correspondence adds to the question about Biden's business activities, which have been dogged, which have do- uh, dogged the 2020 Democratic primary campaign of his father, Joe Biden. Hunt and Biner's long history of drug and alcohol abuse which contributed to his divorce and his dismissal from the Navy Reserve, has also attracted unwelcome publicity for the Democrat frontrunner. An email released to the Washington Examiner shows that Biden's decision to join the board of Ukraine's Burmissa Holdings sparked immediate concern with his inner circle about the political optics. Biden, Joe, uh, Biden's father Joe, now vying for the 2020 Democrat Party nomination, was then vice president and overseeing the Obama administration's Ukrainian policy. At the time, Hunter Biden, now 49, and Christopher Hines, the stepson, <coughs> excuse me, of then Secretary of State John Kerry, co-owned Rosemont Seneca Partners, a $2.4 billion private equity firm. Hines' college roommate, Devin Archer, was managing partner in the firm. In spring of 2014, Biden and Archer joined the board of Burisma uh, or, uh, or, or whatever, holding a Ukrainian gas company that was at the center of a U.K. money laundering probe. Over the next year, Burisma or whatever, Burisma, there is Burisma. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with that. Reportedly paid Biden and Archer companies over $3 million. Hours after Biden's board appointment went public on May 13, 2014, Hines emailed Matt Summers and David Wade, two of his stepfather's top aides at the State Department. Apparently, Devin and Hunter both joined the board of Verisma, and a press release went out today, wrote Hines. I can't speak why they decided to, but there was no investment by our firm in their company. The email was obtained through a public information request filed by the conservative nonprofit group Citizens United. Go Citizens United. Uh, The organization said the email raises questions about why Hines was in touch with the State Department about Biden's business dealings. This email raises a lot of questions. Why would Chris Hines distance himself from Hunter Biden's decision to join Burisma's board in an email to John Kerry's uh, senior staff at the State Department? 
said Citizens United President David Bossie in a statement to the Washington Examiner. It's time for Joe Biden to answer questions about his family's business in the Ukraine and his own role in those dealings. Now, remember, this article was uh, posted a month ago. Uh, there are questions that congressional oversight committees should be demanding answers to, he added. But, you know, with the Democrats, are too busy uh, trying to get Trump uh, when they really should be looking at these folks. Now, anyway, it says Hines spokesperson told the Washington Examiner that he was not involved in the Burmese deal and has not been invested in Rosemont Seneca since 2015. Chris Hines was involved in Rosemont Capital. Though Rosemont Capital, Mr. Hines owned a minority interest and Rosemont Seneca Partners until 2015, said Hines spokesman Chris Bastardi. Why does that name sound familiar? Chris Bastardi. Hmm. Anyway, hmm. Uh, neither Mr. Hines nor any business in which he had an interest was involved. Hines was troubled by his partner's decision to join the Barisma board and immediately took steps to end his business relationship with Biden and Archer, according to a source familiar with the situation. I hate that phrase. I hate familiar with the situation. I, I don't know. For some reason, that bothers me. Anyway, in 2014 and 2015, Burisma paid $3.4 million to a company called Rosemont Seneca Baha'i LLC, according to the New York Times. That company paid Biden up to $50,000 a month, according to that report. During the same period, Joe Biden pressured the Ukrainian government to fire its lead prosecutor, who was investigating wrongdoing at Burmesa. So this is 2015, when Joe Biden was being investigated, or at least Biden's son, and when Joe Biden asked him not to. So basically Trump's saying, hey, continue on with an investigation that was already ongoing. That's already happened. So and he didn't ask him to start anything. Or as Napolitano said, uh, get, you know, dig up dirt on Biden. He didn't say dig up dirt on Biden. Basically, he just said, continue on with what you were doing. Get a new prosecutor. And, and, and again, where was the quid pro quo pro? Trump didn't say anything. And then when they did mention anything about protection, arms, they need the, remember the Democrats are freaking out. Like, they're fighting the Russians. They're fighting our enemies. They said they're going <laughs> to buy the missiles. And he didn't say, no, we're not going to let you buy them. Anyway, at least not in this conversation. Uh, it says Biden stepped down from the Marisman board this year, 2019. I, I put in the 2019. Before, before his father announced his presidential run. Hmm. Oh, gee, my dad's running for president. I better get out of here before this comes to the core. Anyway, <laughs> Archer was convicted. Yeah. Archer was convicted for his role as, as convicted for his role as an unrelated Ponzi scheme last November, but was recently granted a new trial. Blah blah blah. So again, folks, you can find that uh, article if I read it too fast because sometimes I do. Um, you can find that on the Bard's Logic Talk website uh, on the Bard's Logic newsroom. So if you have John Kerry's people, I mean, you know, siblings, step siblings, whatever. Bailing out because like, oh crap, Biden's getting in here. What the heck does that tell you? Yep, yep. And I was wondering that name that you said sounded familiar. It sounds familiar to me too. And I'm wondering, I'll have to look it up to see if that person has anything to do with that company called CrowdStrike. And that's why the server that Trump had talked about in the transcript 
right? Then, it, well, you guys have a server there in Ukraine, uh, Hillary's server, because CrowdStrike is somehow intertwined with these, that company or something, and that person's name that sounded familiar. I'm wondering if, if that's why it sounds familiar is because they're, they're um, tied up with CrowdStrike. Mm-hmm. And, you know, CrowdStrike was the one that investigated Hillary's DNC server that said it was Russia right. <laughs> that did the attack. I mean, this, this is this is you can't make this stuff up. All this intertwined, all these people that know each other and and have known each other and mm-hmm. gone back and you know, I mean, my gosh, I mean, it's just that's a great spy novel. Um, who's that guy that writes those spy novels? What's his name? Uh, uh, Clancy. <laughs> oh, I, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. And then you have the FBI, yeah, so, a former FBI agent going on The View this morning and uh, talking to the to the ladies there and basically saying, um, well, they investigated uh, Biden back then and there was nothing that came up. So I don't know why they're investigating him or why Trump wants to investigate him again. It just seems like he's doing it to disparage um, his name, besmirch his name, Biden that is, and the family and um you know, basically you can't do that. And if, since you're working with foreign people, foreign countries about this, to investigate asking them to do it, which he did not, but that's what he said. And the people that watch the view are so gullible believe it. Um, so there, so he's spouting the fact that, well, it's not even a fact, that Biden was investigated over this already. And he was not. There was no investigation. He was calling the shots at the time. Right, and I've got uh, three, one, four. I'll get uh, to you in the green room in a minute. Uh, would like to chime in, but I do got an, a, an audio here uh, that I'm going to play while I'm doing some green rooming. So if you're in there and all of a sudden your your audio shuts off, it's not that you're gone. It's just I'm getting ready to bring you into the green room so I could just uh, get your name. So let me go ahead. I'm going to play this uh, this vi- this audio. Now, <laughs> what is a video? And the video is actually again on the Bard's Logic Newsroom uh, that I'm going to play real quick, and I'm going to get some green room stuff done. So uh, here we go on that. launched a new set of accusations against the president that may backfire in the coming weeks. And actually, I just thought if I uh, if I do that, you guys aren't going to be able to to hear it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and I'll play this, and then three one four. But I won't do any green room, and I'm just going to get you into the uh, get you into the show and just give uh, give us your name, where you're calling from, and I'll get you in. But let's go ahead and continue with the audio. When Richard Chanel Rian explains from the White House. The media salivated over as a bombshell new attack against President Trump is disintegrating once again under basic scrutiny. In the hands of the Washington Post, what started as a rumor turned into a confirmed complaint from a member of the intelligence community, what they labeled as a whistleblower, who claims that President Trump told the Ukrainian president in a phone call to investigate Joe Biden and his son, Hunter. But the story under scrutiny soon found that the so-called whistleblower did not, in fact, overhear such a conversation firsthand, demoting the star of this news story from whistleblower to leaker. While this story does not launch new thematic wars between the White House and the deep state, it puts a spotlight on an intelligence community seeming to actively work against the presidency and raises questions that President Trump is clearly urging more people to ask. 
President Trump retweeted analyst Greg Jarrett, who notes, it appears that an American spy in one of our intelligence agencies may have been spying on our own president. The complaint suggests that this intel agent was listening in on Trump's conversation with a foreign leader. Was this person officially asked to listen to the conversation, or was he or she secretly listening in? If this is revealed to be a case of spying, it would highlight a long-held belief by Republicans that a politicized intelligence community is spying on our own president rather than collecting on its enemies. The president stated he doesn't know the identity of the leaker, but does know that the leaker is a partisan actor. This story brings to light the White House's quiet and dangerous war with a pro-Hillary, pro-Obama intelligence community, referred often as the deep state. The most influential leader of this anti-Trump intelligence cabal is John Brennan, Obama's CIA chief, who voices his opposition to President Trump daily. Brennan voted for and supported communists in the Cold War. And as Obama's CIA chief, the intelligence community reported that Brennan converted to Islam and prayed to Mecca every day from his office at Langley, an irony that did not go unnoticed considering the CIA was established to fight communists and radical Islam. Brennan's security clearance was ultimately revoked. This leaker is betraying signals they are of Brennan allegiance. If it is found that the leaker was involved in illegal spying on the president, the White House could look into the Espionage Act of 1917 as a way of recourse, an act designed to address seditious behavior within the U.S. military and government. If no spying took place, this story could disintegrate into yet another news gaffe driven by a hostile media. Chanel Rion, One American News, the White House. Want to see more videos? Okay, I hope that uh, did that come through good uh, good for you. That uh, my, that audio. Yes, it came out really good. That okay, good. great. Okay, well, at this time, um, you know, without uh, doing any uh, screening, let's go ahead and uh, if your air code starts with three one four, he's the only three one four on the line. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. How are you? Good, good. And who am I speaking with tonight? It's Pianchi. Oh, hey, Bianchi, how are you? Yeah, I, I, I don't memorize everybody any phone numbers because yes, so. I, I just think it's a phase of privacy. That's <laughs> all right. Well, I'm telling I mean, you I kinda, what. I'm kind of weird that way, but uh, I, I make it. I make it a point not to. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you don't mind, I'll jot it down. But I didn't get your permission to do so, so I I never do it. <laughs> jot it down if you like to. But uh, no, if I meet you in a bar, I'm not gonna let you buy me a drink, convince me to ever again vote for a Democrat. <laughs> but uh, these what, people what, are. <laughs> I will. You would never buy me a drink to convince me to vote for another Democrat. Uh, was that you? <laughs> <laughs> but no, this leak intelligence goes right back to when Trump was complaining about his office being bug. Remember that? And then uh-huh. they said, well. Well, there. If if your office was being bugged, then that would have had it been a court order to do so. Well, yeah, if it was under normal circumstances. But when you have private entities that's doing it, there's no court order. There's no court order, and they're absolutely right. You still have remnants of Obama and Hillary that's still lurking around behind corners, under desks, and flies on the wall in that intelligence community. It goes right back to the same culprits. And it's just ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous what this man is going through. 
But we have to continue to fight it. We have to continue to fight it. And here's well, yeah, another point. It, this yeah. anonymous leaker. So you mean to tell me that a whistleblower is supposed to be listening in on the president in their conversation with foreign entities? I mean, just a normal office worker? What the heck? What's your opinion? Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, that, and, and in, I don't like to repeat a lot of the stuff that you hear on the, you know, the, the big national news. But I mean, you, you got to address it, and that is, you know, I mean, if you have people, you know, listening in, and then if breaking into big news and getting all over the place, I mean, when you're, I mean, and you have national leaders saying, can we really, you know, trust to talk to anybody? And that maybe you know what I, you, you get on a good point there is maybe that's part of their purpose. Maybe they wanted to that, you know, government leaders like you know, presidents of other countries. Uh, but yeah, we can't have conversations on the phone with the with the president of the United States, at least not President Trump. And I, I, I think it may be even just another way to hamstring him, you know, not not only to try to push this, you know, narrative that he needs to be impeached, but oh, you know what, if the impeachment doesn't work, and let's be honest, they probably know it's not, then let's hamstring him into having, you know. Uh, Leaders of other nations being like, you know what? It's so screwed up. Wow, that's not the word I wanted to use. But anyway, <laughs> you know, but I don't <laughs> drop those bombs on the show. But um, it's so screwed up there in the United States. I don't trust talking to the president. Who knows what I, I mean, I, who knows what to be, you know, put out there with what I say. If I want to say something one leader to the other, you know, how can I do that if I'm afraid whatever I'm saying is going to get leaked? And put out and for you know literally everyone to see. Yeah. So again, that's going to hamstring them. That sounds about right. They will hamstring them and and isolate them. I can't believe that people would would surpass the things that he's done. You know, just here, what a couple of weeks ago they had a meeting there in Ohio at a plant for a company from over in Australia just invested two billion dollars in Ohio. Uh, what five hundred five thousand jobs over the year or so they have invested over uh, two hundred fifty billion in the United States. I mean that there in manufacturing. I mean yeah. that's that's the man living up to what he promised. It's yep. because of his policies, because of his tax policy. They spell out the story, the reason we are doing this. Not only this particular company, and for the heck of it, I can't think of his name. They make pasteboards and that, but. Other companies, too, have said that the policy, the atmosphere, business atmosphere that this administration is, has created is making it possible for us to either start up idle manufacturing plants or create new ones. Foreign investment is opening up new plants in the United States, everything from textiles to oil, of course, lumber, furniture. I mean, come on. What heck more can you ask for out of a person? Obama surely didn't do anything like this. Yeah, and actually, here's a, um, and I'm not a big fan of this uh, of this magazine, even though it's a it's a hometown magazine. At Cincinnati.com, it says in Ohio again, Trump cites Australian investment and new jobs. So yeah, I mean, so there's uh, you now. Of course, I'm not going to read from it because I haven't had a chance to read through it because they, they they don't really 
say very many good things. <laughs> you know, so, you know, too many good things about Trump. Uh, that magazine, but of course, what, which ones? But you know, Fox Business it has here. It's three days ago. Um, it says uh, Trump wins big. Ohio manufacturing investments. Um, you know, from Australia's Pratt Industries. Yeah, this Pratt. Is, uh, that's the company's name. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Says Pre- uh, President Trump welcomed uh, Italian uh, Prime Minister. Uh, I hate when that does that. Those things move. Uh, uh, Scott Morrison to Wampakoneta. I love saying that name of that city. Just was so so funny to say Wampakoneta. <laughs> Wampakoneta, Ohio, at Pratt Industries, along with factory owner Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt, is entitled an economic revival of the manufacturing industry with the promise of more foreign investment and a surge of new jobs. So we proudly declare Pratt Industries uh, as a great state of Ohio opens for business. And see, this this, this could be a a commercial for Trump in uh, next year. Um, uh, great state of Ohio opens for business. Pratt has pledged as to invest many billions in the United States. Trump uh, told a packed crowd that they chanted USA. I thought I seen something about um, re- recycling here or something like that, but. Uh, because it's like, oh, see, there's even – I thought they mentioned something about recycling. But anyway, but yeah, there it is. Um, right there in Wampa, Canada. I love it. <laughs> yeah, know, that's Ohio, just so. I <laughs> have personally told up at least 75 – I think that was the number 75 or 77 of companies that have started up since he uh, immediately became president of the United States. And that's what people want. People want jobs. They want to change their economic status in the world so they can better do for their family. They don't want handouts from the government. You know, if you poll, and you know, I'm African-American, and I vocally say that I support him, and there's more and more that's coming on board, opening of their mouth, and speaking up for this president because they like what he's doing. And he's not done. He's nowhere near done. Well, and and that's why you know, and, and that's why, and I've been saying this even for months, and now even the the national media's are really starting to, are you starting to hear it? Is that and, and you've heard me saying this, Bianchi? I mean, you say it for a long time. Is that the reason why they're they're working on this Mueller and this and this impeachment? I mean, the reason they really want to impeach Trump, even though I think it's a pipe dream, is because they they know they know they cannot defeat him in 2020. There is not a candidate. They could beat him in 2020. They don't have the policies to to defeat him in 2020. They don't have the agenda uh, that can de- defeat him in 2020 because their agenda is not a pro-American citizen agenda. So they don't have what it takes to be to be Trump. I don't. I think whoever gets there, maybe maybe it'll be Elizabeth Warren. Uh, but let's say, and I hope it is to be honest. But I mean, even Biden. I don't even think Biden could have beat him. Uh, just not. Uh, so Biden they, wouldn't they show up at the right place. Go ahead. He, he wouldn't show up at the right place. He'd be across town, thinking he wonder where everybody's at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you and, got, I, and, and in a way, I kind of feel sorry for him for that. I mean, I hate to see I anyone decline like that, even if I hate to, I don't like them. You know, either per, personally, per, politically, or professionally. But I do hate to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen him like. Yeah, he he is kind of losing it. You know what I mean? And and I hate to see that kind of stuff. Cause I hate to see someone degrade it. Look at I mean, even, some of the even, promises. Uh, what, look at the promises that, that these candidates are making. Everything from reparations. You got a what is the one politician say he's going to get rid of uh, uh, 
the gun from 260 some odd out of 263 million or more. Yeah. Why come you can't get rid of, uh, why come you can't find 11 million illegals trying to, uh, trying to take out 260 or 70 million weapons out of Americans' hands? So no, they're 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 grasping for straws, and there's a lot of people out there that's so naive. I mean, I don't know where these folks come from. I mean, is it a product of the educational system or what the heck is it? But anyway, I'm gonna let you guys get back to your show. I think we're on board, but I'd say one thing: we got to work hard to do what we got to do for 2020, because this is it's see conservatives have been caught with their pants down. They are finding themselves in a position that they never found themselves before. They have been timid. They have been easily discouraged and shied off. These Democrats are very vicious in the way that they go about doing things. They don't play by the rules. And I think this is one of those Hail Marys. But we have to hang in there. And you know another thing. We got to get our young people more involved. And I'll tell you a way that we can do it. Go to your congressman's office and get a big pack of constitutions and say, I want to go into school and we want to have discussions with a class on the Constitution. I think if young people just knew that better than what they do now, then much of the things that they are being sold would not be attracted anymore. Anyway, fellas, I'm getting ready to get off. Well, no, you can, you can stay on the line unless you want to go, but go, go ahead, Suzette, uh, and then I've got a point of my... I was just saying that there's actually been college students that have been suspended from school for handing those out on campus because people were offended by it. I can't, I, unbelievable. Um, Can you believe that? Huh? Can you believe that? Yeah. That is and ridiculous. One of them was, was an HB, um, HB, what is it, uh, CU or a black college? Uh, I'm trying to think of the one that they recently had the Democrat debate at. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> and I was really surprised. That wasn't the only school, but Berkeley and uh, I believe it was UCLA. Anyway, but California is doing, starting to do some hard work here. Um, we've been officially, uh, the uh, Secretary of State officially accepted our uh, recall for Gavin Newsom. So we did the first part, the legs, and now we've got to do the second part, which is more signatures. First part was 100,000 signatures, and now we have to get 500,000 signatures uh, for the recall to make it on the ballot. Well, I can't believe. Go ahead, sir. Well, just just two, just two quick points is two things. One, you, you mentioned about the education system. Here's what I think, especially with the college education system, is that one, and and I think this is done, this has been done purposely, is to get all these kids. All these easy student loans get them so far into debt, these millennials, because of their college loans, and then get, you know, talk about, you know, loan forgiveness. Because so, I think that the liberal universities are, conhoot, are in cahoots with them by saying, hey, you know what? Let's have it where we jack up our prices. The price doesn't matter because you could get all these student loans so easy. You jack up all this debt, and then you have the Democrats come in and say, ah, ugh. Don't worry about that, Dad. We'll, you know, we'll we'll have that paid off or free college or this or that. So we're like, oh my gosh, we got to vote for these guys to get rid of all this debt. So they've been planning this for probably at least a generation. Just yeah, they get have all these kids yeah. into debt, and then and then say, oh well, we'll just relieve the debt. And people are like, oh, oh man, that's great. 
And then, and then oh, I'm trying to remember what the second point was, but I, I can't remember what it was. Go ahead, uh, Bianca. Well, you know, the, the last late thing you had uh, one or maybe a couple of black billionaires had promised to pay off the student loans of a couple of uh, historical black colleges. And, you know, I was in discussion. I said, well, look at the millions and millions of dollars in scholarships that's directed toward black and African-American kids that are going unclaimed. Why is this? You mean to tell me that these kids cannot perform and produce the material, the essays, and so on and so on for what the scholarships criteria is calling for, but they're getting into college and taking out these loans whereas they could be using scholarship money if they had studied harder and qualified? So this is like a dog chasing his tail. Rather than preparing for something that's there to help you so you don't have to take out loans, no, you forego that, take out loans, and some good angel come by who's using the tax write-off to forego your loans at the same time is supporting these loan companies that's happy to see you know, these government programs. Oh, we're going to get paid back our money. This is just great. Well, it started back in the 1800s. This was actually one of their strategies was to get the, the children and young adults, that, you know, as they grow up, to basically, you know, just uh, what he could distance themselves from the parents and run to the government. So that's, what, mm-hmm. that's what's happening. Basically, the parents can't pay the loan, but the government can, so I'm going to vote for my government, you know, representative and for the candidate that's going to give me the most, not my parents, but the government. And like you said, that the students are getting suspended for bringing the Constitution into the classroom, but hell, they let drag queens come into the kindergarten room and teach and lay on the floor right. with the stu- kids. Isn't that something? Oh, my word. I I implore parents to take their kids out of school, homeschool, private school, but not public school. <laughs> it's a mess. Oh yeah, it that's really a mess. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, that's what and I hey, did. I, 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 my daughter you took gets, your kids uh, out. Yeah, well, you have to. I mean, you can't sacrifice your child. It's not that you try and you want your child to grow up unsociable or thinking that they, but you can't sacrifice your child <clears throat> to these experiments. I don't know a child that's got a button in their head that you can push and turn them off and they just stand still for a year or two. That's not going to happen. So every moment of that child's life in any environment is very, very precious and it's got to be productive. It can't be uh, something that's going to persuade their mind into a certain line of thinking that uh, back when America was great, that line of thinking was looked at as being highly unusual. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're poisoning the minds. Well, you just said, so, I mean, that, and, and that's something where, the, you know, they've been doing that for, you know, for decades and decades. I mean, take over the media, take over the, the schools. I mean, that, that that's part of their strategy. I just did a show on that, too, Tuesday. Uh, and speaking about who and and what and how we drew our educational system and uh, how it was created. 
and way back in the 1800s, and there are specific names and what they did and, and the books that we're still using from those people. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Wow, and their belief system. And this belief system that they're still using, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. Anyway, yeah, so I did a whole show on that. If you're interested, you can tune in. <laughs> and I still contend that, and I'm not trying to be uh, evil or mean, but I still contend that there's a a uh, animosity with Mexicans about those southern states. Texas is one, California, Arizona, New Mexico, parts of Colorado that they lost, however, and they want it back. Did you know that as, as late, uh, just as recent as World War One, that Germany was trying to cater to Mexico uh, with weapons in order to have access to its oil and promised in Mexico that they would help them get those states back, that territory back. Mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't hear that. Well, and then here's um. Well, let's see. I well, see yeah, caps out to... nowadays talking about make America Mexico again. Have you seen those? No. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> they out there. I'm sure they are probably a lot in California, more towards the border area, San Diego. But yeah, I'm sure they are. Oh, maybe even LA. Mm-hmm. You was getting ready to say, sir? Well, I just, um, you know, looking at now, I, you know, I do consider myself a, um, you know, environmentalist, but I do, I do, you know, what they're trying to do to these kids, and, I, and I'm not even going to say her name, not, you know, there's this one girl who, you know, is kind of like the, the new new darling where, you know, uh, talk about, you know, they got the poor girl scared to death that, you know, she's going to, you know, her she has no future because of global climate change. You know, and they have her scared to death. I mean, if they really here, – here's my, my beef with that, and, and this the show isn't about this, so I'm not going to you know, belabor the point tonight. But my point on that – I mean, and there's an article on it on the, on the website in the, the Bar's Life news, Newsroom. But, you know, if, if they're not like the, the New Green Deal, I mean, I, mean, I like you – know, I like the, you know, maybe solar and, and, and wind and, and electric cars and stuff, you know, lower emissions, stuff like that, you know, clean – you know, energy. I mean, I think that you know we could get clean energy by nuclear uh, uh, fusion, uh, and that's a, another whole show about nuclear fusion and you know how we need to you know get back to the moon and, and colonize moon and, and get helium three there to help us with uh, nuclear fusion. <laughs> you know, and that's another reason why I support Trump, and I'm really hoping he, he you know talks more about it. You know, if he win, I should say when, because I'm pretty confident at this point. Uh, that I used to get a really good shot of winning 2020 and, and bring more about it. I do have an article I'm hoping to, to get back to uh, or get to later on in the show. Uh, but anyway, but it, it, it's not about taking care of the. My point is, is they're not, it's not about taking care of the of the environment. You know, with these kids, it's about redistribution of wealth. It's what it's all about. You know, they can't expect you know the United States to you know to do all this you know green you know New Deal stuff and then not expect it you know. Expected from countries like you know China and India, uh, who are you know are worse polluters in the United States. Well, yeah, they are because they are in their infancy stages in many of their developments. And you know, you talk about uh, China. 
I was looking at the debt with China. This is the earlier part of this month. I think at that point in time, of course, it changes. It was $397 billion. And I started doing some math. If we was to become even with that $397 billion, that $397 billion would produce I'm sorry, five million six hundred seventy-one thousand nine hundred forty-one. $50,000 a year job paying $20,000 in taxes on that 50000 Another 5.6 million jobs. Wow. And we got a number of uh, new callers. Um, again, I'm not going to do the call screen like I you know, usually do, but I'm just going to uh, be bold and just and get folks in. Now, a couple of them are Skype callers, so um, but first, we have uh, someone from uh, two, uh, area code 210. Just give us uh, your name and where you're calling from. We'll get you in uh, to the show. Of course, as I always do, I keep, I'm going to keep uh, both yourself, Bianchi, and uh, yourself, Suzette, on the line uh, while we get these folks in. But let's go ahead and hear from uh, two. Whoa. Might want to turn your. Okay. Uh, two one zero. It sounds like you might have a speakerphone on, and we got a lot of reverb there. Uh, it sounds like you said I have a question. Um, certainly welcome to answer that, but you might want to take it off speaker, or if you have it going through your computer. So let's go ahead and try this again, um, and, and hopefully we won't get all that <laughs> space, you know, <laughs> like alien uh, sound there. Let's see if we can get uh, get it back. Yeah. No, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, background noise there uh, on there. And see, I don't know if you got your speakerphone on or if you got something playing in the background or what have you. But you know, we'll, we'll try. We'll try back on that. Um, and so we'll go. Uh, you know, we'll get one other caller. See if you can uh, address that. And I'll, I will get you in. Just you know, just to stay on the show. But we do have a Skype caller. Um, so basically, just say your name, and if I repeat your name, you know that you're the Skype caller again, because I'm not doing any uh, type of call screening. Uh, so, uh, so, you got me on speaker too. Got me on speaker too. You're on speaker. Skype caller. You must have it on. Okay. That that person must be on. I don't know. We, when you call in, call in uh, where you're using a phone or if you're using Skype. Uh, you can call in, and you you might not be able to hear the others for right now, but you can hear myself, and we can certainly hear you. Um, so yeah, keep the keep the speakers off, and we'll be able to hear from you because I'm talking, and then it goes out your speaker, and then it goes back into my uh, my mic here, and then it goes back and, and, and it loops, and that's why you're hearing those sounds. Uh, so let's go ahead and get our second Skype caller in here. So let's see if we got something the same there. Um, we'll see opening up the mic. Hello, Skype caller. Can you give me your name, please? Someone calling on Skype? So anybody who's on Skype, just say hello, and I'll give me your name. And if I repeat it, then you know I'm, I have you on. Okay, well, that is um, silence, so that's interesting. Uh, so that, uh, hmm, 
Very interesting. So we'll go ahead in 210. Let's hope uh, we can hear without all that looping uh, uh, the feedback. So let's go ahead and yeah, see if we can get 210. Yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with the phone. I'm not kidding. It's not on my side. I do have a question, though. I, well, I'm going to try, but we're still getting a lot of – maybe it's uh, NSA Bob trying to bother us. I don't know. Where, where are you calling from, 210? San Antonio, Texas. In Texas? Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's really bad. Um, did you want to maybe try calling back in? or? Yeah, let me do that. Let me see. I don't... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get you in once I see your number up. Okay, okay. Thank you. Okay, that was uh, interesting. Um, hopefully he calls in with the next uh, 35 minutes, because if you call in the next 35 minutes, uh, we won't be able to get you into the show, uh, but just push the one on your number dial. I'll try to get you back in again. Um, I don't know why. Um, so Bianchi uh, or and or uh, why don't you guys uh, you know, say, say something? I do see Dr. Tolbert on the line. Maybe Dr. Tolbert try to get in. Um, maybe we'll see if uh, your line. Maybe something's going on here, and NSA Bob's just trying to mess up our show. Um, but uh, I don't know. I find that interesting. What do you think, uh, Suzette? <laughs> she must have Hello, Suzette. drink of water. <clears throat> but you know, so. Blog Talk Radio was sold, wasn't it? It's not the same oh. owner? Oh, I'm not sure, to be honest. I'm, I'm not really sure about that. I, 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 yeah, somebody I told me it was sold bit, in January. I'm here, Robert. Really? Okay, yeah, we had a lot of reverb, but we got two ones there on the other folks wanting to call in. So let's see if we can get in without the uh, uh, the, the feedback we got. So two one zero, let's see if we can get you back on. Yeah, nope, we're I'll, getting in again. Uh, I want to fuck that one girl that's on the line. It's impossible. I want to put my dick in her butt. I want to also blow her nose all over. She wrote. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was weird. I heard some uh, stuff in that I just shouldn't have heard. So uh, I think that that's, you know, we're going to, yeah, we got rid of that person. Um, well, uh, I guess if you're getting, uh, did you guys hear what that what that person was saying? I heard an F-bomb. They didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like we got some liberal trolls out there. <laughs> well, you know well, you're doing true. something right if you got... You know you're doing something right if you got liberal trolls calling in. That's great. <laughs> yeah, conservative stations have problems, technical problems. Then, of course, you have a, a lot of interference from people that just want to be uh, disrespectful. Yep, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, it's all, it's, yeah, I find it fun because here's the thing. I, I can always do what I just did. So if you're gonna call, you know, if you're gonna call in and, and, and say stuff that you shouldn't. Then guess what? You're not going to be on long because I'm going to just hang. I have the ability to, to hang up on you, like I just did the last person. I don't like to do it, but if you're going to do it, you do stuff like that. So we got a Skype caller and then Dr. Tolbert. Let's see if we can get the Skype caller in, um, and then we'll see if we get the same thing here. So this should be interesting. Okay, so if uh, I say Skype caller, just say your name. If I repeat it, that means you're the Skype caller I brought in. All right, never mind. It's the same thing. Let's get in, Dr. Tolbert. Dr. Tolbert sounds like we got some trolls giving us a call in. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I find that interesting. How do you hear me, okay? I hear you great. Good. That'll eliminate the other problems. 
you and I had talked over the last couple of days and, you know, with, I've just been staying in the background the last hour and a half intentionally because of what you've been covering. Uh, and we had actually written letters to the president concerning the FBI and the fact that he has a complete staff of undercover people that were invading his, his privacy. And last night I was given the honor and I was the uh, host on the uh, Karen uh, Schrader show uh, between eight and 10 o'clock last night. And uh, as, as a professor, I was teaching the constitution and I spent uh, one hour just going over the entire constitution on the electors and the elector uh, college and the terminology that was used. And I just wanted to take a couple minutes uh, to just kind of update the audience on the issue of the elector and elector college. And if you allow me just to spend about five or 10 minutes on that subject, uh, Robert. Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And then I mean, I'll get some, um, some call screening done, some green room uh, stuff going on as well. Um, and so if, if you're, uh, for those who I'm going to do get in the green room, if you hear, think it silent, that doesn't mean I, I, I dropped you. That uh, just means that um, bring into the green room, get your name and, and where you're calling from. Yes, go ahead, Dr. Tolbert. Thank you. Uh, last night uh, on the show, what we did is we actually stood up as a professor and we asked the audience to come to us in the chat room as they were students students, and then make a comment to Sally, and then we would interject uh, and allow them to ask their questions. Uh, we went the full hour uh, with very little uh, people in this chat room in the second hour it happened as typical students. What I wanted to really do tonight is kind of go over briefly the uh, terminology of electors and how it's been misused with the terminology of college. The word college itself under the elector college is a group, uh, and a group was the 1871 uh, constitutional change that actually incorporated the United States of America. And then so in the corporation, the political parties were now allowed to elect their own electors. When the Constitution Party wanted to get on the ballot, they came to me and we actually dropped who we were and our identity as no party affiliated. And we got the 29 electors, uh, which are the 27 representatives and the two senators, which become the uh representatives uh, at the voting of the final uh, time frame of the 538 that is required uh, to vote for the president. Of the 538, uh, 435 would be your representatives, 100 would be your senators, and then three are actually uh, electors from Washington, D.C. And it takes 270 to become the president. So we did a couple examples, and one was Washington's ends up winning the election because he had 132 votes, and Adams became second, and he had 77, and the third person had 50. In so doing, they were on separate. Uh, they they did not vote uh, for the president and vice president. They actually voted for the president, the highest electors. Uh, the 132, and then, of course, the second with Adam uh, of 77. They changed the Constitution uh, 
unconstitutionally when they put the president and the vice president on the same ballot together. And then the problem became that the electors were not voted for. The electors were actually picked by the party. So the political party, uh, Republican, would have their own 29 electors. The Democrats would have their 29 electors, the Independent Party, the Constitution Party, and so on and so on. And you would submit the names of these people by their ballots. The issue really came down to the 12th Amendment uh, and how they were going to put together and how the representatives were chosen. And then there was the change of the 23rd Amendment that added the um, Washington, D.C. to the uh, electors by giving them three electors. And then the question that we got into, and I'm going to keep the two-hour program down to a very few uh, minutes with the intention that the entire electoral college or the electors and the voting for the electors are totally out of the right of the Constitution. There is a debate that happened in Colorado, and the electors in Colorado were allegedly supposed to vote for the candidate of the popular vote, and three of the candidates uh, refused to do that, the three of the electors. They voted for a second individual that was running uh, for the president, and it then went in front of the Supreme Court because the attorney general did not agree with that. And the Supreme Court of Colorado, but not the Supreme Court of the United States from Washington, D.C., which covered four states, uh, agreed that the electors could vote for whoever they wanted, that they did not have to vote for the popular uh, vote. And it became a real issue. Uh, and there are now many states looking at the same thing. In the state of Florida, we're finding that there's a violation of the Constitution in, in many different areas, to include the way they're selecting the electors and letting the corporations, which were all formulated in 1871, uh, choose to become the um, corporations running for political offices. We got into the issue of uh, states, and we got back into Puerto Rico as a territory, who are not given electors, or are they allowed to vote in a uh, general election for a federal office, such as the Senate or the uh, President of the United States, and that Washington, D.C. is now given consideration that they want to become a state. So we got into it 1871 when the 10 square miles became a corporation and they sold uh, the title of the 10 square miles to banks of England in order to offset the debt that they had for the Civil War. We then got into that you're going to take 10 square miles that is trying to be a state. And we used Puerto Rico again as an example that Puerto Rico only had 23% of the entire population that voted, but of that 23%, over 51% wanted to become a United States state uh, as the 51st state. But Congress, which takes the House of Representatives and Congress and the President, had to approve it. Well, the, the Congress denied because they felt that the voting of only 23% of the entire population would not give Puerto Rico the right 
that Puerto Rico would have to have over 51% of its total population voting, and then of that 51% voting, it had to be a high percent of the individuals that agreed to want Puerto Rico to become a state. They then went into the uh, issue of California, which would be North California and South California. And again, we have to understand that the the House of Representatives in Congress that votes actually represent the entire 50 states. And in that 50 states, the eligibility for a state to become uh, a representative or not. What would happen is representatives would not increase because it's based on the population of a particular state on how many representatives you get, but you you only get two uh, senators per state. So if they divided California, you would actually add, instead of 100 senators, you would have 102 senators. So we went into a long format. Now, what people have to understand, and they can go read this under calltoduty.org, and you'll see the May article and questions to be asked the president. We sent uh, numerous pages, uh, probably 80 to 100 pages to the president concerning the electoral, the electoral college and the rights of the electors. But we also sent letters to the president concerning the FBI in February last year that he has, in fact, individuals within the White House that are not following the Constitution and are undermining the federal government and what is happening in the federal government. So we went and and got into the discussion of electors, and we went into the amendments in the Constitution. We showed the comparison and how and what happened with Washington Adams, and then we showed how other states are trying to increase who they are. The real question is, is how is the electors to be voted for? What I don't think people understand is that if there was a division of voting, uh, which is a tie of 269 electors voted for one candidate and 269 electors voted for the other candidate, the House of Representatives, which would be the number of 435, had to have a majority to pick which one of the two candidates would become president. Well, here's something people don't know. They only choose who would be the president. They would not choose who would be the vice president in case of a tie. The vice president is chose by the Senate. So there's a big contradiction of people's understanding of the Constitution. And so what we did teaching the class, called it a class yesterday on the way we handled it, We went over and we made a comparison of bringing in other states, adding the electors, what would happen uh, if you got Puerto Rico involved or California was divided and why uh, Washington, D.C. should or should not be a state. So we covered all these areas. But we also covered, you know, the areas that the persecution of the president in the United States and the felony acts. Uh, of what's going on. And yet we both know, as, as the rest of the audience knows, that Hillary Clinton and Obama have never been impeached. And we've covered this numerous times, uh, that you have a House of Representatives who have a right uh, to have the majority or two-thirds to impeach the President of the United States. And they're formulating this on the basis of hearsay information 
that someone is going in and doing something, and then they're wanting the president not to reveal or put out the information. And after listening to your show for the first hour, uh, people have to understand that our president of the United States is losing all the power that the president of the United States has, and he would not be able to talk with or to formulate ideas and constructions. There was meetings uh, with Russia in a room uh, with the president uh, that brought down the, the Berlin Wall. There were things that happened in the past in record uh, that things were done without uh, monitoring uh, what happened between uh, different members of the presidential staff. The entire violation of the Constitution that is currently going on is that the president should have uh, gotten the FBI involved in the investigation of Biden uh, himself, because this, again, is uh, the right of the president as the executive uh, to uh, enforce the U.S. Constitution. What's happening is that Congress, uh, the House of Representatives, remember Congress is two different things. It's it's the House of Representatives and the Senate, and the House of Representatives is now controlled by the Democratic Party, uh, which has the right to impeach the president, is uh, going after the president in order not to uh, divulge information about actions that the governors, uh, or the, uh, the members of the House did uh, when they went to Ukraine and asked that um, uh, there was information released concerning uh, Trump and Russia. Uh, this was all done during the uh, 2016. So when they look at the representatives and they look at the uh, fact that the electors are not being elected by the people. And in the Constitution, it says we, the people, are supposed to be the ones to vote for the president. And we there's, there's terminology that we don't understand. One is we're a republic. We're not a Democrat. A democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. And number three, we're a federalism. And so we go back to a republic. A republic is when the people vote in the representatives or the members of the federal government they then in turn market the knowledge of the Constitution in order to ensure that it's going to be enforced and they pass the law. But the president is the one that has the power as the executive branch to make sure it's enforced. So what we're seeing is the electors are not being voted for. They're put in position in the state of Florida, which is now being going in front of the court and one in uh, Colorado, which was not required, that the electors don't have to follow the popular vote. The electors are actually supposed to be chosen in a different manner. So what I just wanted to do for a few minutes, uh, just bring everybody to the attention. And if you go to www.calledtoduty.org, the entire show last night was put in written format. Uh, they can actually click on the link and listen to the show. Uh, we stayed away from uh, who a republic or who a Democrat was. What we were doing is just teaching the Constitution. So I'll just leave it right there, Robbie. 
Yeah, I certainly appreciate that, and uh, perhaps we could do a, you know, a large amount of time on, a, on another show with that. Now, we did have uh, Tony from California on. Uh, he wanted to make some comments, but <clears throat> unfortunately, uh, he was disconnected, or he got he got disconnected or disconnected. I didn't hang up. I didn't hang him up. I don't even know what uh, comments he was going to make. He just had some comments and questions, but uh, did get disconnected. Um, <clears throat> and it looks like a lot of the Skype callers we had on there, uh, we do have one more Skype caller on. If you'd like to chime in, you can push the one number dial and get you in. Um, but I, look, I, I think a lot of those, uh, looking at the chat, uh, I won't even say what their names were <laughs> in the chat and some of the things they said in the chat. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was pretty apparent we had some trolls on. I, I think Tony had some um, some real conversation to, to be had. Uh, however, <laughs> I don't uh, – uh, unfortunately, got – Either he disconnected or he got disconnected, and unfortunately, I had to call back in. I really want to hear from him, but you know, be that as it may, um, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll move on without you, Tony. Let's, let's, let's kind of hope we'd be able to uh, hear from him. But anyway, we're, uh, you know, back to the the topic at hand, and you know, we we got about 15 minutes before we go into uh, the bars logic after dark session. Uh, and of course, uh, don't let uh, your phones run out, or else, unfortunately, if you drop the call, you will not be able to uh, be able to get back into the show. Um, and before, uh, and so just keep the you know the phones charged or whatever device that you're using. Uh, but real quick, I mean, did anyone before we move on with our, our topic for tonight? I do have another article uh, that I want to read from the, the Bard's Logic website. It, it not really has to do with uh, our main topic tonight. Uh, but it is something that I want to uh, want to get to. Um, but if you want to um, uh, chime in on what uh, Dr. Tolbert said, go ahead. And we'll get with you, uh, uh, Suzette and Bianchi, and then uh, we'll move on. Again, we've got some other callers on. Uh, push one on, the, on your number dial. I'll get you to the show. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Suzette. I really didn't have any much more to, to add. On um, on that, I was just listening to Dr. Tolbert and the information um, that he was sharing. And I look forward to the show uh, when you have him on to talk about it some more. Hey, what about you, Bianchi? No, that was a very good information that he shared that needs to be much more like that. I really appreciate it, Dr. Tolbert. Okay, and then we'll, we'll we'll move on with that. Now I've got um, uh, one article that I was uh, I'll save to the end of the night. It actually has to do uh, it's from SpaceDaily.com. Uh, it's India boosting military forces to combat cyber and space warfare. We'll, we'll uh, I'll send that save for the lap. But I do have um, later on. But I do have you know you know an article here. It's about uh, it's a short one about this, and this is from actually I love my which again is a an article you could get on the on the website, and you know this is about you know about Biden. It says uh, Joe Biden lied about Ukraine story, uh, and and his own son admitted it. Uh, it says if you haven't heard yet, the media is in a frenzy. And this was an article from yesterday. Uh, it says if you haven't heard yet, the media is in a frenzy trying to protect Joe Biden from a hornet's nest that they stepped on last Thursday with a report that a whistleblower had filed a report against President Trump. Regarding the UK, UK, uh, Ukraine. Now, remember, this was a conversation I was had back in July of this year. Uh, it says, uh, "Whistleblower, why they waited so long? Mm, I wonder if anyone's 
you know, going to ask them, or perhaps if uh, he or she testifies, uh, they'll ask him why that, you know, why they waited. Maybe it's a procedural, or maybe it's just a timing thing. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, it says uh, a whistleblower complaint about President Trump made by an intelligence official centers on Ukraine, according to two people. F- I hate that. Familiar with the matter. I don't know why that's a pet peeve of mine, but that. It really does. It's like cite a person, but I don't know. It just drives me nuts. Anyway, uh, which has set off a struggle between Congress and the executive branch. Uh, the complaint involved communications uh, with a foreign leader, and here's where they got it wrong. Remember they kept saying, and a promise that Trump made. Now, earlier tonight, I read the full uh, transcript. Now, they're saying there's probably more. Uh, at least that's what the liberals are saying But I didn't hear anything about a promise there Did anyone else? I didn't, and at least that from the transcript that we had That was so alarming It has now been called into question After recent reports that the alleged whistleblower Never heard anything firsthand. So does he listen to gossip At the water cooler And did some, uh, someone leak uh, documents to him And actually I, I think Bialik, you, you mentioned uh, you know Something about that So at this point we don't know the one thing we do know is that the media has, again, jumped into a bogus story fueled by their hatred of the president. And I'll tell you what, you know who's, who's tweeting and peach all day long? Because I've been staying on, on Twitter most of the day. Is, is uh, Kamala Harris. And uh, thank you very much, Dr. Colbert. I got the, your message. I thought you'll have to, to drop a little bit, but we really appreciate you coming on the show. And, man, I'm really upset about Tony. I really want to hear from Tony. But anyway, um, it's a, the media is not reporting, however, is the trouble that is made for 2020 Democrat frontrunner. Let's, let's be honest. It's, he's really not the frontrunner. Um, who was accused of withholding funds from the Ukraine unless a fired a prosecutor who was investigating the company for whom Joe's son was director. Remember, this was back in 2015, before Trump was, you know, 14, 15, before Trump was even president. Even worse, it appears as though Joe has been caught in a lie about his son's business dealings with the Ukraine. 2020 Democratic front row Joe Biden claimed he never spoke with his son Hunter about his business dealings in Ukraine appears to conflict with his comment his son provides to the New Yorker in July. And remember, July is when uh, Trump had that conversation with the, um, the president of uh, the Ukraine. On Saturday, the former vice president vehemently denied any wrongdoing, wrongdoing amid scrutiny of his son's ties to an uh, energy company owned by a Ukrainian oligarch. During his time in the Obama administration, the elder Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion in U.S. loan guarantees if the Ukraine did not fire its top prosecutor, who was investigating the oligarch who owned the energy company for which his son was a board member. Biden told Fox News reporter Peter Ducey in Iowa Saturday that he never, quote, spoke to his son about any overseas business dealings. Speaking with the New Yorker in July, however, the president's candidate's son admitted that he and his father did speak about the business in Ukraine just once. So Biden might possibly be lying to cover up his son's tracks, and Biden's son isn't smart enough to do the same. What a shocker. It says uh, not that the mainstream media will ever report any of this. Luckily for Trump, he refuses to become a victim of a political hack job, and so he goes directly to the people with uh, his side of the story. And again, just a, a short article. Um, 
But, yeah, I mean, there he is, uh, you know, Biden lying uh, about never doing it. Now, of course, they'll say, you know, the same thing. You know, Trump's going to the same thing, blah, blah, blah. But um, so the plot thickens, right? Well, yeah, it does. And he's done the right thing. I'm sorry, ma'am. Go ahead. No, no, I said go ahead, Bianchi. Go ahead. Well, thank you. And I was just going to say, you're absolutely right. He's done the right thing by coming directly to the public for those who understand what's going on and read into something further than just the biased headlines. And that uh, brings it to um, to that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, oh, just as I mentioned also, the fact that they're focusing on Ukraine because the president has spoke to the Ukraine's president in July. Uh, but there's still lots more to come out, and I think that's what uh, the Democrats are going to work even harder to prevent to come out because it wasn't only Biden mixed up with the U- Ukrainians uh, and his son. There were many Democrats as well that had profited, as well as uh, in China as well. Uh, Hunter Biden also had business with the Chinese. And, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm pretty positive, (laughs) pretty sure, I guess I should say, about 99% sure uh, a majority of the establishment Democrats um, that are bumping their gums right now on TV uh, talking about this all nonsense are also wrapped up with China as well. Not to change the subject, but that's going to be coming out too shortly, I'm sure. Back to you, Robert. Okay, and uh, thank you very much uh, on that. And, I mean, there's even now, I don't know if this is the case, but I even said, uh, or not said, seen, uh, now I haven't read any articles, I've just seen like headlines of of articles and stuff, that someone stated, and I can't remember who it was, but... um, Stated that you know third, they they could get thirty you know if it was a secret vote to vote for the uh, you know to vote for impeachment of the president thirty Republican senators uh, would vote for impeach to impeach him but basically you know, you know if they were able to keep their votes separate thirty Senate Republicans would actually vote for his impeachment now I think that's an inflated number now do I think there are some uh, that would do so oh yeah certainly well we know Romney would right. Uh, and actually, Romney, along with uh, I think ten other Democrats, actually voted to overturn Trump's emergency declaration. One of which is right. Rand Paul, which I, I would like to have talked to um, Susan about it, but she's not feeling well. My, our, our you know wishes go out to her that she's feeling better. Uh, but Rand Paul is one of them. Rob Portman, who I've never been a real big fan of, uh, I mean, an Ohio senator, he's one of them. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they'd be some of the same ones who try to vote. You would vote for the impeachment. However, they do. That's why they want. They would want it to be secret because they know it's political suicide. You know to do that. And I'd say let's find out who these guys are and primary them all out. Is what I. Is what I say. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what you mean by working hard, Bianchi. And I agree with you 100 percent on that. We need to primary a lot of these. Even primary even a lot of these Republicans out. You absolutely, you absolutely right, and not only find out who they are, find out who the me news uh, commentators are, find out who the pundits are, find out the Joe, uh, the shifts that's out there, 
the I mean, we need to make a list of all these people because surely they're going to show up somewhere again in the future, and we have to remind them. Yep, Romney's the only Republican that stuck his neck out and said anything, but we know that there are uh, several more. There's uh, about a handful of good good eggs that need to stay, but the rest can go. <laughs> well, Romney, uh, Romney's just hurt because he – uh, because he, he got trounced by Trump. That's it. And, and, and you know, we never liked. I mean, for for those who are long term listeners to the to the show, I never liked Romney. I never liked him. I mean, even when he was a. I mean, actually, I lost a lot of listeners on the show because once he was nominated, I started interviewing a lot of folks from you know uh, the alternative parties, you know, Libertarian Party, Constitution Party, Green Party, uh, you know. Um, uh, you know, uh, I know wow. I'm missing one. You know, I know I know I'm missing one. Constitution Party Libertarians, uh, Green Party. We had some on. I'm, I know I'm missing an alternative party. And I can't remember who. Ain't that terrible? Um, but anyway, and so I mean, oh man, people were, I could say, pissed. You know, <laughs> that you know I was interviewing people from like the con, like Virgil Goode. You know, and I was interviewing people from the Constitution Party. They were livid, but I mean, I could not, I I could not. Vote for for Romney because I knew I knew who he who he is. I just know who mm-hmm. he is. I couldn't I just couldn't support Romney even against Obama. And let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Romney was the for one the worst candidate to go against Obama because you you weren't voting for anything different. A vote for Romney was pretty much a vote for Obama. If you look how he governed in in Massachusetts, pretty much the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. and actually, you know, I'm gonna, I got to do this because I find it absolutely hilarious, um, and I laugh every time. I mean, this is a seven-year-old clip, and by gosh, I can, um, oh, if I could find it, I love this this audio. It's just hilarious. Um, yeah, let me, let, it's Doctor Tober. Let me make a quick comment on what you're doing. With oh yeah, Ron go ahead. Maybe. Well, I'm looking for that audio clip. Yeah, that the fact is, George Sawyer's was the money behind Biden and Ukraine. And people don't understand who George Sawyer's is, uh, that he was uh, the, the money and owns the uh, voting machines. So Romney and Sawyer's are the reason there's a manipulation of the voting, and there is his money that was involved in Biden. Uh, his money is also involved in the governor of Florida with DeSantos, his money is involved in many, many places. Oh, so, yeah. when, so people aren't understanding at all that this whole thing of the political thing with the president of the United States is actually protecting George Sawyers, uh, um, who in turn is working with other political people. So I, I just want to make sure people understand that Sawyers is part of the capitalization of multi-millions of dollars that went to China and also was the $3 million plus that was given to Biden's son. Uh, there's definitely fraudulent actions and definitely grounds for in uh, court hearings. And uh, Well, unfortunately, though, Dr. Talbert, um, George Soros has managed to uh, give money to many organizations, and that's where his money's filtered through. So while it comes from him originally, it originates with him, it's filtered through down through different organizations, and so that's why they can't pin it on him. They've been looking at him for a while now, and unfortunately, because of that, 
they can't actually, there's no direct ties where he wrote a check and choose a person, you know, like wrongdoing. Um, It's through organizations, and so they receive their money through that. And it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, there are a couple articles I've read over the last few days that are showing the direct ties of the money to Ukraine. So um, I've always written, and we've stated to the president, uh, if the country of Hungary refuses to let Sawyers come to the place where he was born, why haven't we pulled his naturalization paper, frozen all of his capital in the United States, and removed him from the country? Uh, Sawyers is definitely uh, the whole um, reason we're having issues with the president. And most all the Democrats have been funded before they got into office from Sawyers. Uh, Even Rubio, uh, which was the group of people for immigration, was funded by Sawyers. So there's, there's a real problem of the president not having the FBI investigating uh, Sawyer's and I am we've written multiple articles requesting for the investigation and we're going to continue to feel that what's happening with our president is the multi trillions of dollars owned by one person is corrupting the United States of America well you've asked a great question there as far as why haven't they removed him and revoked his, his naturalization in the United States that's that's a question I haven't uh, heard brought up before. I mean, that's an excellent question. Yeah, and we, the, <laughs> and we have the right to do that. We actually can remove his, his paper of naturalization if he's corrupting and causing frauds in action. Now, you go back to he's a natural citizen of Hungary, and they refuse to let him in his country. So mm-hmm. why are we allowing him to be in the United States if he cannot even be in the other countries? I think there's like five countries now that don't allow him to come in and took his assets away from him, and yet yeah, we're allowing him to continue in America. Yeah, his current history is riddled with corruption. So, yeah, why is it, why hasn't he been removed? Robert, are you there now? Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm here. Okay. I'm no, I just want the... Oh no, we well, I certainly appreciate it, and uh, you know we'll we'll see you next time. I'm I'm you know hoping to be you know back here again next week. Uh, uh, just seems like uh, my daughter's school seems to have all her meetings on Wednesday nights. <laughs> so it was like three weeks in a row on a Wednesday where that we had meetings uh, for her school, and and she's getting ready for college uh, next year. So I've been uh, working on you know a lot of a lot of uh, college stuff for her for next year. So let me tell you something. That's that, that that's certainly. Some of you may know, uh, you know, a lot, uh, you know, trying to pick it and then ACT stuff and look at scholarship and meetings on that and FAFSA and, you know, student aid and all just all kinds of stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to uh, find it to a school where we're not going to take out, you know, a lot of those uh, student loan things. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I guess it depends on what college she decides she's going to go to. Uh, but anyway, yeah. here's that. Uh, it makes me laugh. And again, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Colbert. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and play this, this, this audio. I'm sure uh, most, if not everyone's heard this, but it always makes me laugh when I hear it, speaking of Romney. And, as, again, I, I can never uh, – I, I, I can never uh, – I uh, just never liked him. 
Mr. President, just how different are you from Governor Romney? <laughs> uh, now, let me be clear. Uh, I agreed with Governor Romney on many things. For instance, abortion. He was pro-choice most of his adult life. So was I. But he changed his position uh, when he became presidential candidate. Uh, hold on. Now, let's take guns. <laughs> now, Governor Romney and I, uh, we were in complete agreement on gun control. Uh, now, that is, until he changed his mind. But but I... And on health care, well, uh, I was so inspired by Romney care uh, that I nationalized it and called it Obamacare. Whoa, whoa. But now, presidential candidate Romney against the individual mandate and universal health care. I agreed with Governor Romney on many things, but this presidential candidate Romney, I don't even know the guy. Then again, uh, he doesn't seem to know himself. Oh, come on. Governor Romney? (coughs) Getting our future is responsible for the content of this message. And I got, um, I'm going to play one more clip because this is, because it's funny, and then we're going to bring in Kelly. Uh, But this one's funny too, I I just remembered it. A little history. I, I, I was born and raised here. I love this state. It seems right here. The trees are the right height. I love carpet. Uh, I like uh, I like seeing the uh, I like seeing the lakes. I love the lake. There's something very special here. The Great Lakes, but also all the little inland lakes that that dot the uh, uh, the, the parts of Michigan. Um, I love esque. Rick, are you just looking at things in the office and saying that you love them? I love lamp. I love cars. I don't know. I mean, I, I grew up totally in love with cars. I, it used to be in the 50s and 60s, if you showed me one square foot of almost any part of a car, I could tell you what brand it was, the model, and so forth. Now, now with all the Japanese cars, I'm not quite so good at it, but I still know the American cars pretty well. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. I love I love cars. I love American cars, and long may they rule the world. Let me tell you, I want to do well. That <laughs> <laughs> always just cracks me up. <laughs> of course, that was a movie. Um, I can't remember the name of the movie. Um, I think it was actually um, Ron Ber- Ron Burgundy was in it or something. Some kind of media thing or something. But I always find that hilarious. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, and bring in Kelly. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I thought I had Kelly on. Hello, Kelly. I hear nothing. Unless he's just fell asleep on me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or Robert, I'm going to pull out of here and uh, catch you guys next week. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, we, but but no, thank you very much. Yeah, definitely come on next week. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, Tony come back and, uh, definitely, uh, you know, with the, now, did you, um, did you, how did you, did did you follow the link tonight, Bianchi, or did you just get the call in number or how'd you get in tonight? I think your topic. Oh, great. I think your topic. I've been here before. Yeah, I recognize the link. But, yeah, I really enjoy the program, and, you know, between now and next week, keep your eyes open, your ears perk, and your ammo dry. It was good talking with you. Sounds good. Okay, fellas. Have a good night, and uh, definitely uh, share out the link to the show. You have a good night. Thank you. 
and Kelly tells me he did hit the one on the number dial, and I did hit uh, the button to, to get you. Kelly, are you there? You know, maybe it's something with California because the guy from Tony from uh, who I was hoping to talk to tonight, he was from California too, and and I, you know, I, I know I did something where I I closed some things out, and that actually uh, disconnected some things, but. But uh, I don't know if they're having some problem with California. There, Kelly. Hmm. Well, uh, Kelly, I'll keep your mic open. But what we'll do is we'll get to um, um, the next topic that I want to article I want to talk about. Um, it's, it's not a real long one, but I do want to get all of it. It's eh, kind of long, uh, but this is something I've been talking about and. You know a lot, and uh, if you go to the website, you'll also you'll see. Oh, what's all that? You know, space stuff in the background. There there's, should be more American flags, but you know, I'm a big supporter of the space program, and and Trump uh, uh, put you know is a real big supporter of it, and and I also have articles that they come to the uh, Bard's Logic Newsroom, uh, you know, about the uh, the space program. But this one, um, is the article, Space War: India Boosting Military Forces to Combat Cyber and Space Warfare. And this was an article from uh, uh, two days ago, or three days ago, rather now, now that it's a new day. Anyway, it says, after his election win, Prime Minister, and if I destroy these names, I'm sorry, they're Indian, uh, Narendra Modi, or Modi, doubled down on the modernization of the Indian Armed Forces. Indian political analyst Amrita Dilon has explained, explained Modi's focus on the military buildup. The defense minister stated on a no first use of nuclear weapons and Russia's competitive advantage as India's top arms supplier. Interesting. Um, over the past few months, the Indian leadership was touched upon. I hear a lot of static. Is that you, Kelly? Oh, we just lost him. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but it said we dropped your call. Hello. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Hey there, I merged the call. Hey. Oh, okay. Because it said, it said the call dropped. I can't hear. Maybe maybe they are having some problems there in California. There, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Houston, the major Tom. Houston, the major Tom. Uh, I gotcha. I don't know who Tom is, but <laughs> Tom, major Tom. I'm coming home. Four, three, two, one, or zero. Let's go. Okay. Anyway. Well, hello everybody. Hello, hello, hello. I miss you all. And I, I gotta, I gotta say a funny about Mitt Romney. I'm sorry, big time Ron Pauler, and I was in in 2012. All right, big time Ron Paul, freedom, liberty. Woo-hoo, gets it. All right, Romney, the Romulan, was the chosen golden boy. He was a coronation, except he got creamed by Obama because he upset the liberty arm of the Republican Party. All right, but Romney, I would have loved to see the debate begin. Himself, Romney versus Romney, because he's such a good debater on one side, and he's another good debater on the other side. If he debated himself, you could actually call him a master debater. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, and when he well. goes out fishing, he's a master debater with the worms. Um, 
We okay. are in Bard's Logic After Dark, after all. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Anyway, impeachment, Trump, really? Go ahead, Democrats. I said that, what, last year and the year before? Go ahead, Democrats. Go ahead <laughs> yeah. You don't have the control of the Senate. There is this thing still in existence. It's called the Constitution. Impeachment is like an indictment from a grand jury. The House of Representatives is the largest grand jury in the land. That's why they have congressional subpoena powers. Okay. This only means you're being charged with a crime. Doesn't mean you're guilty yet. Goes to the Senate. Did the Democrats in the House miss that internal memo called the U.S. Constitution that once you're impeached, you're tried by the Senate? They don't have the votes in the Senate. Sorry. They don't have the votes in the Senate, which means what? Um, it's going to blow up in the Democrats' face. I said this a year ago. I said this two years ago. I don't even know what the impeachment news stuff is. It's probably drummed up, fake, fake news, fake news. Okay, fine. Uh, now, mind you, I am a libertarian. I didn't vote for Trump. But, you know, it's okay to be a Democrat and a liberal socialist Democrat. Just, just don't vote. <laughs> And, and by the well, way, I tell you what, he, I mean, if, if he keeps visiting, uh, I mean, if he keeps visiting uh, California, who knows, man, we, we might need your vote for, for Trump this time around, because uh, who knows, he, he may have an opportunity to take, uh, take California this time. Well, let me tell you a little thing about California, okay? We got just, just a couple, a few strange people here in California. In Mount Shasta, California, they held last weekend the first International Flat Earth Conference. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. And and I called the uh, resort because the advertisement. A friend told me that because, you know, I laugh at this flat earth thing. Anyway, I looked at the website. October, or September. Uh, what? 1920 and 21st. Okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, so that's that's a wonderful Flat Earth conference. Yeah, get your tickets fast. There's only 170 uh, seats available. I called on Saturday night just for kicks. The resort where they're having it, only 70 people showed up. But they do have a they do have a war cry. They have a marching call. You know what it is? It's flat Earth, flat Earthers around the globe unite. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there was probably more people serious? at the Star Trek conference than there was there at that Flat Earth conference. <laughs> yeah. more hey, well, I'm a Star Trek fan, so don't knock, don't knock us Trekkies. <laughs> Trekkie. Well, yeah, I used to have a I used to have a license plate that said Trekkie on it, so don't knock us Trekkies here. <laughs> I'm just saying but, there was probably more people at the Star Trek conference than there was at this Flat Earth. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Now that part I missed. I apologize. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, um, Captain Kirk is not a flat earther. He's been to too many planets that are having to be like a spear round. But flat earthers, the only thing they have to fear is spear itself. <laughs> Jeez. I remember, he, I remember hearing that one before there. Going okay, over the buddy. edge. <laughs> you know, I was going to go to the conference, but I was afraid of falling off the edge, so I didn't go. But then the other <laughs> – but you know, you know what the dyslexic flat earther says? What? Flat earthers untie. Flat earthers what? Flat earthers what? Flat earthers. What did the dyslexic flat earther say? 
He said, flat earthers untie. Oh. <laughs> okay. And I can't tell I, I can't tell the difference, Robert, between flat earthers and the Democrats and the House of Representatives. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mhm. And the climate change activists. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'm just trying to be silly, and I guess I'm gonna yeah, have to you, Robert. <laughs> You've never known me. Okay, silly, well, have you? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so over to you, because um, we've got about 45 minutes. It's it's, kind of, it's not a real long article, but it is kind of lengthy. But I do want to put that out there because we talk about a lot of things here that, uh, you know, you just don't hear anywhere else. And so I'll start from the beginning. It says, uh, Space War, India boosting military forces to combat cyber and space warfare. After his election win, Prime Minister Niendra Modi uh, doubled down on the modernization of the Indian Armed Forces. Uh, Indian political analyst Arit, uh, Amrita Delon has explained Modi's focus on the military buildup, the defense minister's statement on the no first use of nuclear weapons, and Russia's competitive advantages as India's top arms supplier. Well, that's kind of dangerous. It says, over the past few months, the Indian leadership has touched upon a number of defense issues, including first, the establishment of the Defense Space Agency. DSA in April, and the Defense Space Rates Organization in June, aimed at bolstering India's space warfare capabilities. Second, the Chief of Defense Staff reform. Third, the decision to spend $130 billion to accelerate the modernization of the country's military forces, the just name a fuse. Uh, Amrita Dilon, an Indian political analyst and founding, founding editor of the Kutniti magazine, has elaborated on what is behind the sweeping military reform kicked off by Prime Minister Modi during his second tenure. Sputnik. On, uh, on the 15th of August 2019, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi announced the decision to appoint a chief of defense staff who will act as head of the Army, Air Force, and Navy. Indian politicians have offered to establish a CDS since 2001 to assure coordination between all military branches. Why has Modi gone for it now? What's behind the CDS reform, in your opinion, and who is likely to fill the position? And Amrita, demand for the CDS came as a suggestion by the Cargill Review Committee and Group of Ministry in 2001. Gosh, that's 18 years ago. Who felt the need for an integrated approach to the world's second largest armed forces? However, second large largest armed forces. Wow, the world's second largest armed forces. Armed by uh, sounds like perhaps maybe uh, Russia. However, in my view, the government initiated the process of integration then only by establishing the first tri-service theater in a dam in Nicobar Command and headquarters integrated staff, the defense staff. The creation of a CDS will provide an opportunity to transform existing defense uh, architecture. Uh, appointment of a CDS would enable the defense establishment to adjust the changing culture or character of war given the complex set of threats and challenges that India faces. This will also help cut back any unnecessary spending, like duplication of assets and infrastructure and human resources and training or operational commands. The Indian Armed Forces, in most uh, of the cases, 
follows the pattern of the inter-service seniority. Well, you know, I'm just let's see if I can get to the the good stuff. Let's see. Well, I'll talk about. Yeah, it might. All, I think it might all be important, even though it's lengthy. But anyway, well, let me scroll up. Sorry about that. Okay, it says in the Indian Armed Forces and okay uh, cases. Uh, I, I repeated that anyway. As IAF Chief BS, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Sorry. Uh, the no, the senior most amongst all three chiefs is going three top blah blah blah. I hate when they put just a bunch of BS stupid stuff. You really don't need to know in these damn articles. Uh, anyway, um, I'm just gonna scroll through this because. I hate when they do that, when you just put a lot of stuff you really don't care. Um, okay. Modi's plan also envisions establishing uh, India as a military power in our space. Why is New Delhi scaling up India's space defense preparedness, in your opinion? It says, of course, India is planning to sco- uh, scope with future challenges. When the U.S. or French presidents are making statements about the weaponization of satellites and creating a space force and strengthening your position in outer space defense, India needs to catch the bus before it gets too late. The integrated space cell is another visible integration of the Indian Armed Forces, where the three services of the Armed Forces, along with the Department of Space and ISRO, is overseeing the security of its space-based military and civilian hardware system. As I said, now warfare is not only limited to borders and soldiers. This is an era where war has reached to as micro and the individual level through the social media platforms like Twitter to the macro level of outer space. I believe Prime Minister Modi and his ministers uh, to see this future militariza- uh, say that. militarization of space and their joining hands with the space powers to meet the future challenges, un, uh, unlike the Pakistani Minister of Science and Technology, who himself has become a Twitter troll and <laughs> considered investments on space projects as wastage of funds. And so, to make a long story short, you know, India is, you know, getting their, their space program together, especially their military space program. So, I'm telling you, this isn't something that you hear hardly any, if ever. Uh, from even the administration, but of course he's bogged down with all the uh, the BS of what we originally uh, talked about tonight. But anyway, you can read the. I mean, that article is painting through. It's just really dry and really, you know, a lot of stuff I really didn't care about. But but I just want to you know point out that they are they are working on it. You know, and and again, if they're using Russian, you know, you know Russian weaponry. I mean, it's certainly something for us to. It's 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 not something we should ignore. And I know a lot of people, you know, think it's uh, unimportant. I mean, there's a a, a a petition that I, you know, I support it at least most of it. Uh, you know, about uh, supporting uh, the space program. And the last time I've seen it was only like this. This petition been going out for months. It's only gotten like 500 signatures. So a lot of people don't really really care about it and it's it's a shame for that. I, I think it is something that is that is really important and I, I think we you know we ignore it and we and, and we don't support it and we don't talk more about it I, I really do think at our own detriment I really do because I mean we're not the only ones talking about it we're all you know there's other nations who 
not aren't altogether friendly or would be considered allies of the United States that are certainly doing it. And there's and there certainly are, uh, you know, energy implications, economic implications, and and it's not just about space exploration. I mean, it is about, you know, the economy of the future. It really it really is. And so we got about uh, about a half an hour left. Uh, Kelly, we didn't we didn't get an opportunity to hear a lot of your take on you know of course with uh, and and being a libertarian. Now, are you a fan of Judge? Uh, I mean, uh, he's a so-called libertarian. Are you a uh, a fan of Judge uh, Judge Napolitano? Um, if so, why or why not? I mean, do you even listen to him much? Or so, I mean, he says he's a libertarian, but I don't know if I believe that. I love Napolitano. Are you serious? I am really? dead serious. He, Are oh, you yeah. being facetious? No, unless unless I have unless there's new information I don't have about him. Okay, maybe he did some blunder or something recently. I don't know. But in watching his show on Fox and reading other articles by him, the guy is a genius legally and the Constitution and liberty. Again, I don't know if he did something recently, did a big blunder, or if the media spun what he said and made him look like an idiot. I don't know. Is there something recent that he did? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for one, he, I mean, he comes on to. I have a local show here that he comes on at eight thirty a.m. every Wednesday morning, and the the guy is an obvious Trump hater. He's a Trump hater. I mean, he, he tries to. I think he hides behind the uh, the mantle, the title, the whatever uh, of a libertarian, and saying he's. He's he's for the Constitution and the rule of law. I think he hides behind it. I think he's. I mean, personally, I think he's a liberal Trump hater. I really do. I mean, he's always trying to bring up things that oh, well, Trump's in trouble, or oh, I think Trump. I mean, like before even reading the transcript, just like the Democrats, just like the liberal media, before even reading the transcript, he was saying he thought uh, Trump committed a crime. Well, here's the deal. My observation. My observation of many years, if you understand liberty, sometimes, believe it or not, the liberals and the ACLU have it right. And sometimes, well, oftentimes, more often, the conservatives have it right. But every now and then, the conservatives have it wrong, and quite often the liberals have it wrong. When you understand liberty, it's mind-blowing. For example, okay? Some of my conservative friends do not like my position, but the founding fathers happen to agree with me. Okay, the federal government does not belong in the bedroom, the womb, or the vein because it's a state's rights issue. How does the state want to enforce certain social mores and social laws? Connecticut was a pro-life state. Pennsylvania tried to free the slaves. And it was it was like 1750. King George says no. Well, guess what happened when we became our own country? Pennsylvania immediately said slavery is outlawed. But you had a federal government, i.e., King George and his predecessor kings, that thought, oh, we're going to get involved in the social issues, and you have to have slaves. And Pennsylvania said no. Well, when Pennsylvania became sovereign. 
as a state, they outlawed they outlawed slavery. Connecticut was pro-life for a long time. No abortions allowed. So when you understand that it's really not just state level, it's local level in the counties and the cities on social issues. Because once you give the federal government, once you open the door of jurisdiction in your personal, moral, and social life, once you open the door to the federal government having power, you have just given the federal government infinite power to grow, which could then be oppressive. The founding fathers had it right in states. The founding fathers could have outlawed abortion and homosexuality in the Constitution. They never did. They were mostly Christian. Why didn't they do that? Because it was states' rights. It was wrong jurisdiction. Uh, my conservative friends don't like that position. And so what I've seen of Napolitano is he, he, in, in the past, he's gotten it right over and over and over. And by the way, Trump, and I'm hearing from several sources, is trying to grab our guns. Okay? He's doing little things here and there. And he even said this on the campaign. I remember that. Dude, you're out of line. You are out of line. It just happened to be the Second Amendment. So there are, and I know some people that are conservative, uh, libertarian-minded, Ron Paul folks, they don't like Trump. I mean, I like Trump. I didn't vote for him. Gary Johnson, of course, libertarian. But Trump has done some things that are like, what in the heck is going on here? So I, I haven't been keeping up with Napolitano, but I, from past uh, study of his writings, of his show, Napolitano gets it. At least that's from a libertarian. Well, you know, I mean, he just gives, but, but the thing is, with, with him is that, I mean, he gives, he gives a lot of food. You know, he gives a lot of food, a lot of fodder to the Democrats because they can point to him and say, oh, look, there's a guy. This is a libertarian, and, and, and he's you know, a, a constitutionalist and for the rule of law, and, and he's saying Trump broke, you know, Trump broke the law. And, he, and, he's, and he's making comments like that before he even seen the transcripts of the uh, – you know, before he even seen the transcripts of the conversation. It's like, how can you say that when you haven't seen it? You're you're just as bad as the as the liberal as the liberal Democrats. And and, and then when this all this stuff was going on with the the, the Mueller uh, investigation, he was always said, "Oh, you know, Trump or Trump Jr. Oh, they're in trouble. I could see where you know they could be you know and you know, impeached, or I I could say that you know." I mean, basically, I mean, he does. I mean, he's always saying something, and then he tries to say, "Oh, when me and Trump are friends, no, you're not." You're not a friend of Trump. Are you kidding me? You're not his friend. You're, I mean, you're, you're blasting him every chance you get. The problem I see is we keep electing presidents who don't even know the Constitution nor liberty that's above it. We keep doing this. I regret that I voted for George Bush Jr. Only once did I vote for him. Even more, well, I was young and in ignorance. George Bush Sr. Just because somebody's the president doesn't, doesn't mean they do everything right. Is this country Rex Lex or Lex Rex? Sorry, that's Latin. Okay. Rex Lex means the king is law. Lex Rex means law is king. 
What are we? That's that's fine. There's no I you know, no problem there, that's understood. And also, no man is perfect just because their president doesn't make them a perfect person or a perfect man. And our found our founding fathers had made the rules or requirements to become president very simple for the purpose of allowing we the people to be president as far as that goes, just, you know, represent the country. Now, what Judge Napolitano has been doing somewhat recently, beginning in 2016, uh, after the president was inaugurated, is uh, attempt to use his experience as a tool to sway people with his influence on the rule of law. And the Constitution. However, it's being misapplied. And if he really truly believed, as he used to, because I used to like him, because he stood up for the for the rule of law and the Constitution, and he was very adamant about it and principled. But he changed, and and now he's setting that aside. When you haven't completed an investigation, there there's no possible way you can really draw a conclusion that's worth you know, your salt. Same with this this whole thing with the Ukraine going on, the Ukrainians. Um, this, the transcript hadn't yet been, you know, released, and yet he's already passing judgment. And so for me, that that bothers me, for a man that seemed to be so principled at one time and, you know, hard on the rule of law, sticking to it, this is the way it goes, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, I don't take no shit, and um, and that's that. But now he's changed. So that's the only thing that I have a problem with. Other than that, his past has reflected a lot of what he believes in or believed in at one time, but he no longer believes that. If he's able to shut that rule of law and constitutional experience that he has and knowledge and put it to the wayside, and pass judgment without evidence, without conclusions, without reports, without transcripts. Back to you, Robert. Uh, and, well, and personally, well, I think I think I think is a useful. I think is I think is a he's a use he's a useful instrument of the deep state. I really do. I I think he is a I think he is a useful instrument of the deep state because of his past uh, because of you know, his past stature, not as a judge. But as someone who is touted as a libertarian and a defender of the Constitution and the rule of law, people do like yourself, uh, you know, Kelly. People do see him in that light, and because people see him that light, the, the liberals know that that gives them credence, and people will listen to him, and people will point to him, and people will use him. And this is what I talked to Brian, you know, emailed with Brian Thomas, the, the talk show host, this morning when we, when him and I emailed back and forth a little bit today. As I said, they will, you know, liberals will point to him and use some of the examples. Say, see, look at this guy. This guy who's always stood up for the the Constitution, always stood up for the rule of law. This guy's not even a Republican or a Democrat. He's a libertarian. Look what he's saying about Trump. And I think he's Mm -hmm. being used as an instrument. I'm not saying a useful idiot because he's certainly not an an idiot, but he certainly is useful. But he is being used as an instrument. To legitimize their claims against Trump, and he's knowingly doing it because for some reason I think he hates Trump, and the reason I think he hates Trump is he's part of the deep state 
And I think he truly believes that Trump doesn't deserve to be president because he didn't go through all the hoopla that probably him him as a judge and all the things he had to do to be a judge probably I uh, know and he's never going to admit it you know and I, I think he probably feels that was, was Trump don't deserve to be the president of the United States that's what I think I think you may have something there I'm, I'm sorry what's that is that I was saying I think he may have something there as far as his his jealousy and his you know his position as far as where he is politically in the deep state. And I would actually say that he is a useful idiot because if he's doing it um, knowingly, then that makes him the useful idiot because he's doing it knowingly. Yes, I'm going to be an idiot. I'm going to, you know, put my, my, um, my career on the line, (laughs) my reputation on the line. Uh, And for what? (laughs) Well, you know what? Look at Bill Crystal. Look at Bill Crystal, who who was supposedly a well-known conservative, and I mean, and, and he he was the, the you know the editor of uh, you know the Weekly Standard or whatever the, the thing was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, that was a major conservative conver- uh, publication. That when once he became a Never Trumper, he destroyed his own, his publication and his reputation. Yes, he did. You know, uh, can I can I put my hand up here? Oh yeah, sure, go ahead. All right, so Napolitano, he is not a deep stater. Okay, now there's a proverb that says, "He who answers before listening, that is his folly and shame." If he didn't read the transcript, that's egg on his face. That's egg on Napolitano's face. You got another element, which is called the Constitution. And the liberals seem to trample all over it. But when a Republican or someone opposing liberal ideas steps outside of the boundaries of the Constitution, they pounce all over that person. Now, at the same time, you have libertarians and and liberty lovers who study the Constitution. When any president, Republican, Democrat, step out of the boundaries of the Constitution – a constitutional lover, a constitutional enforcer like Napolitano will call him on that, and then what happens is the left will say, oh, look, Napolitano uh, doesn't like Trump either. That's because Trump, in Napolitano's view, stepped outside of the Constitution. And as soon as, say, you got a, a Bill Clinton liberal Democrat in office, the second he steps outside of the boundaries of the Constitution, like when Clinton tried to grab our guns, Prince versus U.S., stopped it, all right, and then met one of the plaintiffs in the case, Sheriff Mack. So when Bill Clinton, president, he steps out of bounds of the Constitution, us people who love the Constitution will call him on it because the Constitution is the law of the land. Lex Rex, law is king. And so the left is using Napolitano's words to against Trump. That's what's happening, and it should happen because any president that violates the Constitution is completely out of line. And again, but, and then, but Kelly, let, and I'm, I'm going to interject here with, with this with his conversation. And, and remember, I mean, well, you know this. He's the commander in chief. 
Okay, he, he he's actually also remember he's a commander, not only just a commander in chief. He he's the head of the of the state, which means he's the head diplomat. So it's his job to talk to foreign leaders. It's his job to do that. And so what my question is is. I don't know if you read the transcript. You weren't here when I when I read it. Cause, I mean, I read the whole transcript and, and gave the commentary and analysis there. Uh, but where in that where in that conversation did Trump do something extra uh, extra constitutional? What did he do that was a crime? I mean, again, he said, "I think that Trump committed a crime." Well, what crime did he commit? Show us where you know where he commit, and by him very saying that, the liberals are going to use that and say, "Look, Judge Napolitano, libertarian, constitution, constitutional, you know, champion, you know, uh, king of, you know, not king, but you know, I mean, you know, the, the defender of the rule of law. This guy is saying that I think Trump committed a crime, and they're going to use that to try to convince people, as, as uh, Suzette said." To, to sway to their side that he did something illegal, where where which he didn't. What did he do that was illegal? Well, that's where he went ahead and made up his own narrative, and he did that today on Shepard Smith at twelve o'clock. Judge Napolitano was on there, and Shepard Smith, he's also a Trump hater, and um, so the two of them are just having a cozy conversation there, and Judge Napolitano was saying that. Well, just the fact that Trump had reached out to this Ukrainian president, whatever his face is, and had a conversation seeking to get opposition research, have his opponent, his candidate opponent investigated, that right there, I know a lot of lawyers are going to be upset at me, but I'm going to tell you that right there is almost treasonous. And he didn't say quite treasonous, but almost treasonous. And I was like, what? What? Okay, what wait, 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 wait. You didn't read the transcript yet. <laughs> uh, it came down. It's there. It's been released. You're being asked about it, and you're actually making up your own story from the narratives that have been going around. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, let's read yeah, this treason? way. Um, uh, really? Tra- okay, okay. I read those. Okay, I, I, I read those. See, I shouldn't be getting my blood pressure up because I'm getting a check tomorrow. But I mean, seriously, where in that conversation was it was was it treasonous? I didn't see anything with treason. You know, that was treasonous. Nothing. Well, they're saying that basically by doing what he did, as far as talking to that president, uh, that he was trying to manipulate the election again, and so you, working with the foreign power, that would be treasonous to do that. Um, but let me tell you one other thing. Chris Matthews, who was on before Judge Napolitano. He actually, and he's usually a hardliner against Trump, you know, as far as he doesn't like Trump either. But he actually was telling Shepard Smith and putting Shepard Smith in his place because Shepard Smith was trying to get him to commit to saying that he also believed that Trump, you know, should be impeached for for what he did. And I'm thinking, what did he do? Anyway, um, and Chris Matthews actually stood up and said, well, we need to wait and see uh, and read the transcript and go from there. Um, You know, we can't really make any judgment yet, yada, yada. And I was like, wow. That's a switch. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But treasonous. I mean, I mean, I mean, Kelly, treasonous. He he is he he is accusing Trump 
of being treasonous. I mean, Kelly, did you get an opportunity to read the transcripts? Uh, no, I have not. But I'm okay. going to have to read, read the transcripts. Read the transcripts; they're they're available, and 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 then text me, call me, whatever, and, and or maybe we'll do this on on the next show we have, and then tell me what what part of that was that was treasonous. There was nothing on there, and and, I, and I'll make the point. I'll, I'll make the point. It was President Zelensky who was the one that actually began or first mentioned the conversation or the topic of an investigation. It wasn't Trump. The first person who even said the word investigation was President Zelensky. He's the one who brought up and inve- about, talked about the investigation, not Trump. Well, let me let me turn to uh, Article 118, which defines treason. Okay, and this happens to be in the executive branch. Okay, Article 1, Section 18. Come on, come on. Oh, I just saw it. So I'm going to look it up. See, because here, what is your definition of treason, by the way? Do you know what Nero, you know what the Senate of Rome defined treason? Um, The Senate of Rome ordered that Nero be executed, arrested and executed because he was an enemy of the state. You know what the definition of treason was? Yeah, not, not tour. Tour. So Nero's time. Nero. Nero went on tour for a year acting, singing, and playing the lyre. Lyre's musical instrument, obviously. The politicians, he played the lyre quite frequently. Okay. Anyway, and he was neglecting his duties, and he was declared an enemy of the state. That was their definition of treason. Here we are. Definition of treason. Treason against the United States shall consist only in leveling war against them or adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two two witnesses to the same overt act or a, a confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no bill of attainder of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person. In other words, um, you can't say we're going to impeach him because of treason unless you have evidence, aid and comfort to your enemies, levying war. Treason. That's treason. Let me see if I can find that clip of the um, one of the congressmen and uh, Napolitano. Okay. Article 3, Section 1, sorry. That's all right. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, treason, I mean, really? I mean, that's ridiculous. That's not, I mean, you, you want to talk about playing into the Democrats' hands. That's playing into the Democrats' hands. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think he's a, I, I think he's a, you know, he might once have been a, you know, a, you know, a, a, a great champion of, uh, of the Constitution and, and that. But you know what? I think he, here's the thing. I think he's got Trump derangement syndrome. 
Because you can have one great people <laughs> who, because they have Trump derangement syndrome, which is a mental disorder, you know, just like you can have an outstanding person if they become a, if they become addicted to drug, you know, a drug, they'll do stuff that you wouldn't expect them to do. I mean, look how many people, you know, you know, fell because of an addiction. I mean, remember, remember, uh, remember, in, in you know, in Christian lore, Satan used to be an angel. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the angel of light. Satan was the angel of light, Lucifer. And look what happened to him. So that's not too far cry to say that, you know, once, you know, defender of the rule of law and constitution, libertarian Andrew DeBotto, Judge DePontano, Andrew DePontano is now just, a, you know, a useful instrument of the of the Democrat Party. All because of his hatred and Trump derangement syndrome. Okay, since the chat room won't allow me to post any type of links, um, what you can do is go to YouTube and just type in Trump treason, and it gives you all these lists of people telling things. And even a Republican, uh, what's his name, Weld, his last name is Weld. I mean, treason is, like, very serious, like, and you can be put to death for treason. You have to be impeached right. first, then you're, then, you're, then you're tried again in a regular court, mm-hmm. criminal court, and then you're put to death. You got, uh, his name is Bill Weld. Right. I mean, this is, I mean, this is ridiculous. He didn't do treason. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's ridiculous. Well, it, let the Democrats do this and let it blow up in their face. Very well, then. Let them do their folly. Well, we don't have any other choice but to sit through this mess. It's all this talk, talk. I mean, disobedience to the Constitution is not necessarily treason. This type of talk by people who are supposed to have some form of reputation damages the country because they're taken seriously. Mm-hmm. What they say. And when it doesn't come true, what they said, now you have people distrusting even more and you have even more, you know, um, anxiety because it's like, who don't, I'm not going to listen to anybody anymore as far as that goes. And, and, and they bring it to the brink of, you know, why even have a government? I say off with their heads. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> off with their heads. No, but I mean, way, I mean, but... By, by the way, uh, Robert, it's quite encouraging that you're Quoting the Bible, for even Satan masquerades as an angel of light. Wow. Have you been studying your Bible? <laughs> no, not not recently. <laughs> I, I had to I had to tease you about that. No, that's uh, that's fine. 
You know, it's like, oh, yeah, because, he, yeah, it's, it's, he, here's an article that I found uh, <clears throat> about this guy. It said, uh, Judge Andrew Napolitano, to its Fox News host, Shepard Smith, on Tuesday, okay, that the president effect, effectively co- uh, confessed to a crime. We had many he asked Ukraine to investigate former Vice President Joe Biden and his son Hunter. But you know what? You, you, you know, you're supposed to be smart if you look at it. He actually was talking about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. That's who he was talking about. Hunter. You know, it says Napolitano, a Fox News senior judicial analyst. See, even his title, even his title is is in gravitas. Uh, Fox News senior judicial analyst. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It said. You know, Trump earlier statement as an administrator that he tried to solicit aid for his campaign from a foreign government. Read the damn transcript, you loser. You know, I mean, seriously. Oh, yeah, here's the – yeah, I guess that's something from – oh, do we got five minutes? No, we don't because I got, I got a video here with him as Shepard Smith. Um, but that, I think that's an old video, but – Probably. Yeah, there, 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 yeah. There, there, there's a cauldron of, of oh, I won't say evil, but there's a there's a cauldron of liberalism. Shepard Smith and Judge Napolitano. I, I know you like the guy. I can't stand him. I I cannot stand him. I think he hides behind his title to make to try to make people you know believe him. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I do see what. I, go ahead. I well, I do say. see what time is. So we're gonna have to do closing. Well, we got to do closing comments. I wish we had another fourth hour. We probably could fill it. Uh, but we really got to do co- closing comments and have to close things out. Appreciate everybody coming to the show. Hopefully, Tony, uh, I really would like to hear from him tonight. I don't know what happened if uh, he got disconnected or, or, or what, but hopefully we'll hear, uh, have him call in uh, for the subsequent shows. But uh, let's go ahead and, uh, Suzette, let's get uh, some final comments from yourself and then Kelly. I may, if I have some time, then I'll have to, to close things out. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for coming to the show. I know it's been a while. It's been kind of a, a weird year, um, you know, for us, uh, if not a little more, about <laughs> about the consistency of having the show. Uh, you know, I apologize for that, and hopefully we'll be able to, uh, to do more and get back to some normalcy in the in, in the future. But let's go ahead and uh, go ahead to that. I, I, I just wanted to say to uh, Kelly, um, I, I'm, you know, I mean, no ill will or anything, or you know, I'm sorry, but glad you have so much faith in this man. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, there's so much evidence to show he is to the contrary. And whether it happened, I'm thinking back. He had a show on Fox News, and, and where he did excellent work as far as sharing the, you know, the Constitution, the rule of law. It was like a classroom setting type thing. I love the show. I watched it, and I think after Fox let him go that he became bitter and just figured, you know what, this system is screwed. I don't care. I might as well make money. So bitter, I'm, tell me where to go. And, I'll, and that's unfortunate. Anyway, those are my final thoughts. Back to you, Kelly. Or Robert. No, no yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Kelly, and then I'll have to, I'll have to close things out. Well... We could we could put Judge Metalitano on trial, but we'd have to examine everything, 
And by the way, it's not appropriate to put a man on trial because they have the right to confront their accusers, the right to present witnesses on their defense. Now, they had this figured out when Nicodemus said, yeah, it's about mm, 31 AD. This is talking about the, the Torah. Does our law condemn, some, condemn someone? With, <clears throat> sorry. Nicodemus said, does our law condemn someone without first hearing from him to find out what he is doing? Of course, Napolitano, it would be nice if he's on the show. He's not going to appear on the show. So if we're going to put him on trial, we're going to have to take his writings. We're going to have to examine what he's thinking, what he's doing. But again, if you love the Constitution more than political party, you're going to call a Democrat or a Republican on the table for disobedience to the violation to the Constitution. Now, a Republican president, the Democrats are going to love it when a constitutional lover calls a Republican. If you're a Republican and the Democrat violates the Constitution, you're going to love it when the constitutional enforcer calls a Democrat well, on it. I've well, seen this over and, and over and over. And we're, and we're going to have to, and we're going to have, yeah, because because of yeah because of time, Kelly, and we'll, we'll definitely maybe, well, we'll have to do more than the closing comments to have that discuss, have that discussion, but do have to close things out, um, uh, yeah, for the night. Uh, but but the thing with that is, and I'll just make one quick retort, and then I will have to close things out. Is that again, is yeah, I, I, again, I'm not even a Republican. I haven't been a Republican since 2012. Uh, but my point is with that is. When I listen to when I've listened to him, he's always trying to, you know, convince people that Trump did something that's going to get him in trouble. Trump did this; he's this is going to get him in trouble. He was wrong. He was wrong about Mueller because he thought this was going to happen with Mueller, you know, with the the whole collusion. And he was wrong again about this. And for him to say, you know, treason, you know, oh well, when he did his treasonous. Read the app, you know. Read that um, the, the, the transcripts and see if you get to come to the same conclusion. But I will have to close things out, uh, and I, I appreciate it, Kelly. Uh, but I will have to close out tonight, as I do every night, and that is with uh, the song from Aubrey Ashburn, who's now doing art. So actually, um, boy, it's a, it's expensive art too. Let me tell you, I looked at maybe purchasing one of it. I mean, she's selling it for a couple grand for one for one painting. But anyway, we'll close uh, tonight, uh, as I do every night, and that is with uh, the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And uh, you still can hear some more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. You can also Google her and see some of her art. It's, uh, it is some interesting stuff, and I wish I could afford to get it. But anyway, maybe someday. But uh, thank you very much, everyone. Good night, and we'll see you next time. Good night. <laughs>